Blah blah blah. <laughs> Bruno's podcast. Exactly, and I'm having a real rock star in my shed right now. There you go. Give it up for Errol Ismael. Uh, that's the button. That's the button I was looking for. Oh, uh, dude, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, fist there. Um, yeah, listen, we tried to organize this for a while now, but finally, good things happen with a little weight. Um, okay, so what are we? What are we? What are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to talk about you, man. It's all about you. So we met about, I would say, nine, almost ten years ago. I still have that photo. I'm trying to find where we're both sitting in box splits and yeah. just like. But for people, you know, who knows, know you more for for stunts and everything. But I know you for just having this massive heart, always supporting, always saying good things. Even you, like, 50th time someone comes to gymnastics at you and says, oh, can you show me this move or can you show me that move? <laughs> and you're always really, really nice and cool. So that's how I know you. And, um, yeah, so thanks for being in the stunt industry. Thanks for being um, among all the athletes who are, like, training in East London Gymnastics in Beckton. And you also go to the other gym uh, uh, quite often. Hendon Leisure Centre. Yeah, yeah. How often, how often do you train when you don't work? Uh, when I don't work, I'm, like, literally twice a day I try to do. Yeah, uh, and when you say twice a day, it's like one of them would be, like, gymnastics or acrobatics. And what is the other one? Uh, some kind of martial art or yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I probably overdo it, but uh, I always try to sort of be productive. Like if I can get away for an hour, obviously I've got a family now, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got to give time to them. Yeah. But um, if I can get away for an hour, then I'm there. You know what I mean? Just quickly, bap, go there, get it done, come back. How do you, when did you start noticing whether you're overtraining or not? Um, I think... Probably like with work was quite a big one for me because obviously it's a lot of hours uh, and I was very ambitious with my training. So mm, I was like, mm, that mm. was my life. Right, right, right. There was no, um, that's like my, my first love, like, you know, martial arts and stuff. So uh, I was just hitting, just trying to get every second of the day to develop and, you know, develop like my body, my mind, mm -hmm. all, all the martial arts but it, and then you notice at some point that you're like okay i'm pushing too hard yeah i just like at work i'll just always be a part uh, of the day where i'm just like crashing like real bad and mm -hmm. i'm just trying to like find little pockets of rest mm. um so yeah just had to sort of adjust a little bit mm. um and yeah like with work as well like sort of just sort of prioritizing work a little bit more um, which, you know, obviously our, our work, we get to train anyway, but it's not specific to what I really want to do sometimes. Right, 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 right. Okay, and then you're sort of like accepting like, obviously work is part of training. So yeah. To help me to be like, not to feel lazy, basically. I would always feel lazy if I didn't go like training after work or something. Yeah. Or yeah. I let myself down, <laughs> you know. And I can totally um, confirm that. So last year I had a pleasure uh, to work with you on The Witcher. Yep. The Witcher just came out. Yay. Uh, well, not came, just came out. The, the, the one we did uh, season three. And, um, 
And I remember, yeah, you were not sitting around anytime there was a free time. <laughs> Errol was doing some shit. Like, everyone was just, like, chilling and, you know, Errol needs to do some stuff. Um, and and I can, you know, I can relate to that um, sometimes. Not a, well, not all the time. <laughs> um, so you w did your first stunt job. I did a little kind of research, uh, like, when you were 16, 17 years old. And it was like this casting um, for like a free runners and stuff, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, and then and then that was that the first time you got that taste of oh, that's cool to be in front of cameras to do stuff. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, trying to think like if there's anything else before that, like maybe some very small shows. That kind mm -hmm. of thing. But this was like the first like big kind of uh, it was an advert basically um so it was like yeah it was like you're the guy you got to do the stunts and stuff so yeah that was like the first big one flying off you know the yeah this is like the big break kind of thing so yeah it was good big break when you're 16 17 <laughs> yeah. years old i did my first stunt job when i was 30 one <laughs> it's never too, late. never too late never give up on your dreams <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's what's up um and then yeah so then then you kind of got the taste of it and then it just kind of continues with the shows because for listeners who don't know what shows we're talking about so you guys did like martial arts shows like you did tkd from a very young age uh, no, oh wasn't it no uh i did i started tkd probably in my late 20s oh yeah, yeah. so then I the did kung fu from uh probably like I'm gonna say, I think I started at 15, but I was always doing like, you know, jumping off stuff and mm, 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 mm. training at home. My dad did like done martial arts, so mm. there was always a bag in the house and, you know, just that kind of stuff, really. That's so cool that you were kind of um, exposed to that so from such a young age. I was exposed to working in the farm. To shallow shit. It's good qualities. So, yeah. Good qualities yeah. <laughs> yeah, the best qualities. <laughs> okay, then let's do it right. Let's do it uh, chrono chronologically right. So the first sports, what do you remember as a kid? What do you start doing? Uh, I first, I think, went into gymnastics, like after school gymnastics mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, like super basic, you know, like forward rolls, handstands right. and stuff. But uh, definitely like love that. What age? Uh, probably around, I'd say maybe 10. Right. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I found like a little school, like a little hall kind of school. Uh, but it was predominantly girls. Mm -mm. So um, thinking about it now, like obviously we've done like a stretching and all, all that kind of stuff. I didn't know like the difference between like boys gymnastics, girls gymnastics. Mm -mm -mm. It was just like, you know. I thought you were going to say you didn't know the difference between <laughs> girls and boys. Um, <laughs> in this day and age, probably that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's confusing times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I did that for a little while um, and then I stopped just because uh, like starting secondary school and all that kind of stuff um, and then I stopped for a little while um, until I found uh, Hendon Gymnastics mm, 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 mm. Uh, and then I started back until probably I probably did about two years right which part of London you grew up uh, so I was born in East London, Hackney, right. uh, and then I moved to North London in right. Southgate, and then that's predominantly where my teens, uh, I was there. So, yeah. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so then you got to Hendon uh, Gymnastics. Uh, yeah, so we went to Hendon Gymnastics. It was amazing. It was, you know, like great facility and everything. Uh, it was run by the council back then, so it was a lot better than, unfortunately, what it is now. Mm -mm. Very corporate now. Um and yeah, I was kind of, I always used to get into trouble because I was always doing like flying kicks and, you know, like mm. I had so much energy. Um, 
So I'd run, do my flip, whatever. And then the teacher would be like, oh, good, yeah, point your toes, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I'd be like, cool. And then on the way back, I'll be doing like some kind of kicks or like waiting yeah, yeah, like, yeah. in the queue. And eventually one of the teachers was like, look, you should go and do martial arts because obviously that's, you know, what you love. Um, one of the coaches, Lisa, um, her husband was Ray Parks. Shout out for Lisa. Hey. Her husband was Ray Parks. Ray Parks, yeah. Oh, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Who's Ray Parks? Uh, Ray Parks is the well, one of his iconic characters is uh, Darth Maul. Wait, 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 wait! Are you serious? Yeah, I I doubled him. <laughs> I was like, no, because I thought, is that the Ray Park you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah I doubled him on a, a film uh, with Scott Atkins. I will put a picture here. Oh, yeah, I was probably the worst <laughs> double for him because he's like half a head taller. Um, oh so wow, yeah, yeah, that's so, crazy. Um, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and then like Star Wars roughly around that time just came out. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So um, she was like, look, go to this place. Um, if you like it, then, you know. And then they were kind of like kicking me out as well. So I was like, oh, I can't, I can't stay here anymore. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I didn't grow up like from a kid. So I didn't really get put into a squad. Mm -mm -mm. Um, although I was like, oh, I want to do all the doubles and stuff like that. And, you mm. know, but um, I was like in the crappy class, basically. Doubles, when you said doubles, what do you like mean? Double backs, double twists, yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of people, what is <laughs> yeah. he talking about? Um, and I was just like, it was, yeah, it was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go, I'll try to do that then. Uh, so it was like Kung Fu. Uh, so I found the place, went there. It was like a, it was in Golders Green, mm -hmm. um, and it was basically like a. It looked like a little temple. Uh, had like little stairs, goes like into the archway, um, and then I kind of went in there, and like everyone was just looking at me. I was like, oh, shit, didn't, didn't know what to do. So I kind of just went to the teacher. And you were like still around 11, 10 years old. No, by this time I was uh, fifteen. Oh, 15, 15 Okay, yeah, a teenager. 15, yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then I was like, right, I, like, I want to do some classes. Mm -hmm. and the little Chinese man, Master Lee. Yeah, he uh, taught me so much. Um, and Ray Park was one of the students. He was one of the students. Yeah, right. Because around that time, he was already like a British champion. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that was cool. And like the class was like crazy packed. Um, so like the standard was like really good. Oh wow! You know, obviously I didn't do any kind of martial arts up until then. Um, and then yeah, that was it. I was like, right, I'm doing this every day, mm -hmm. and uh, did that f like probably ten years, ten years plus. Wushu. Yeah. Uh, Kung Fu is uh, Chinwu. Yeah. Chinwu Athletics Association. Right, right, right. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's quite a famous uh, martial art because it was basically when China was um, being pushed down with all their kind of like uh, culture and stuff. Right. Um, and then like the Chinwu Athletics Association sort of like gathered teachers from different parts and was like, look, we're. Everyone was like very secretive with their styles, but it was like dying out because martial arts was being uh, sort of like made illegal to practice yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, do you think that was one of the reasons why they make it look like more like almost not a dance, but like performance instead of actually that's a martial yeah, a art? Yeah, a lot of uh, like a lot of countries that have had similar things like capoeira. Capoeira, yeah. yeah, so just they, about yeah so. There's like loads of uh, hidden martial arts in dance, right, and stuff right, like right. That. Um, but they were like, right, we got to come together and make something, mm -hmm, and, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so there's like loads, all the like almost every famous martial artist is played is played either the teacher Ho Yonja or the uh, student Chen Zhen. Yeah. Uh, but Chen Zhen's actually the fictional character, I believe. But he was basically based as one of the 
the leading um, head uh, students. Right. So I did Kung Fu for about two years, like which was traditional Shaolin Kung Fu. Yep. Um, you came to our class I yeah, think, yeah. a couple of times as yeah. well. And uh, so that is uh, Kung Fu translation is something like work hard or something? Yeah, it's like hard work. Yeah. Hard work, yeah. right. And then can you tell, the, again, to people who don't know much about it and also maybe to refresh my kind of knowledge about it, so what is the main difference between Kung Fu and Wushu and how did Wushu... Wushu came came across later after uh, Kung Fu, Yeah, so right? like Wushu means like martial arts, basically. Mm. Um, but as we know it, uh, Wushu is like the higher end of it, basically, like the higher end performance, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where basically, naturally, your progression from like, you know, uh, foundation to advance... It's, it's the progression of like getting better and then obviously uh, the performance with the forms and things like that. Um, right, so it's like Wushu is like a black belt of Kung Fu kind of thing. It's uh, like a next level or just more specific le specific kind yeah, of direction. It's very specific mm. uh, performance based. There you go. So yeah, nice. like the jumps and the, the movements and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Where Kung Fu is like uh, real application. And, yeah. You know, obviously it's like goes, the, the spectrum is... End, yeah, endless it's really. huge yeah, it's but huge. one of the main things I think one of the main differences is that uh, Kung, uh, Kung Fu has Sanda which is part of Kung Sanchao, Fu yeah, yeah. and how do you say it? Uh, Sanchao Sanchao yeah. oh yeah. I thought Sanda yeah. Sanda you can say that yeah because that's also. a proper fight like proper uh, Kumite proper sparring yeah, where Chinese they beat the shit out of each yeah, other yeah, yeah. and uh, Wushu don't have that kind of stuff they Wushu is only that. performing doing yeah. cool moves and yeah. all that stuff so if someone on the street tells you that they train Kung Fu, yeah. you should be more careful with them than someone who says, oh, I'm a Wushu master. Yeah, yeah. Wushu yeah. master yeah. just going to fly around yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty cool. I had, by the way, one of my guests was Steven. Steve, uh, his uh, nickname is Steve Wushu. Uh, he's like... Steve, 40... Steve Coleman. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So he's like 41, 42. He's the yeah. oldest, uh, still like a champion, whatever, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in that martial art. Yeah. He's a really cool dude. He's he cool. just sat right in there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he was one of the things he said. I hate to when I go to East London gymnastics, I see people doing B twists, but they can't even do proper uh, butterfly kicks. Like, yeah. you don't do B twist before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that yeah, that was yeah. his uh take. Um, okay, so Kung Fu, and then for 10 solid years to the age of like that's probably like 20 something, 20, uh, like 25. So basically I traveled quite a bit. So I went to China for a year. So oh, I, I, right. did, I didn't stop, uh, training martial arts, but I, I, uh, sort of just took a break, I guess, from going to my, my classes regular just because mm. I was away. Mm -hmm. but, um, even that I was like, Master Lee, I'm, you know, I'm going to China. Yeah. I'm uh, going to say, good boy, like, yeah, good, good boy. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> my so, favorite was like, in, in, the, was still there. <laughs> in my class was usually, I was going, he comes like, Hey boy, too tense, too much muscle, no speed. <laughs> and he goes and slaps me on the bicep. He's like, ah, oh, too much muscle. <laughs> it's like, damn it. And he called me boy the whole time. Yeah. He never called me name, nothing. He's yeah. just two years. I was boy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Those guys have good ways around them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, kung fu till that time. So now there's a stance kind of start lurking in. Then you finishing your high school. Did you ever went for college and university? Um, a college dropout. Uh, yeah. so basically, I was I was going to do a business degree. Hey, hey welcome yeah, to the yeah. shitty club. <laughs> uh, and then I was like already um like what i wanted to do with that degree mm. i was sort of already doing with um my training partners right, uh, right, right. like best friends basically and i was like this is like 
and it was, I was getting like booked for shows and that kind of stuff, and that's what that's why I wanted to do. Uh, so I was kind of like, this is kind of like I'm working backwards here. Like I'm already doing what I'm doing. And yeah, I was yeah, getting, yeah. Like, you know, getting shows regularly. Um, so it was building up, and I was like, I got to just put my energy into this. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need this. Like you know, exactly. Am I correct if I say your two best friends was Rashid and Karanja? Yes. Hey, yeah, shout out to those guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those those are like yeah, also too yeah. crazy. You should have him on. Yeah, yeah, I should. I'm not. I'm not sure about Karanja. He's just too out there. No, no, <laughs> no, right. Just kidding. No, all of them are awesome. And funny enough, like I met Karanja uh, before even like thinking about stunts, whatever. I was used to go to um, gymnastics East London, and uh, I used to work in a club as a dancer. And I would get on the bus yeah. at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, and Karanja would get on the same bus. <laughs> We're catching the same bus going back to the um, uh, to East London. Um, yeah, so you you perform with them, and you're like, okay, what's the point to do this business degree if I'm making cash and yeah. figuring it out myself? Because like I spent about seven years in uni, mm. four years bachelor, two and a half years masters. Uh, I want to say waste of time, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> it's an experience, everything's an experience. I mean, yeah, one of the greatest things I think for me was that just. Um, uh, camaraderie, building relationships. Oh, finally, that car left. That's yeah. great. Um, uh, the the meeting people, cr- creating yeah, the yeah. network. Yeah. I think that was great. So, how many years did you do the business then? Um, I want to say like, I mean, from like this whole time, like since the seventeen, from doing the that first show in India for Sony Ericsson. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always like little yeah little you know, things like going jobs on. kept coming in and like traveling here there and everywhere mm-hmm. um, sort of living like I suppose like closer to like a sort of dancer's life Mm-mm-mm-mm. you know just getting booked for shows and was doing like corporate events so during that whole time it was you know I was still obviously training and wanting to improve you guys were performing together and then when did the whole thing became like let's be stuntman how to do this and do we need bsr and how did bsr came across um which is british stunt register for people who don't know uh so like the dream obviously was always to be like action movie stars Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like just to be stuntman or you know yeah yeah. um, so we all shared that passion um and it was actually rashid who sort of came to us and right. was like, look guys there's this thing like and then sort of like jumped on these coattails and like man I'll do that yeah cool and then reading the syllabus I was like oh I've already got that got that got that nice um, and then just sort of trained the rest because you got the gymnastics you got trampolining yeah. pretty sure uh, gymnastics trampolining martial arts was yeah that's three much, off. So I had to do a bit of because I wasn't like trained classically as a gymnast. It was just mm. sort of like freestyle gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was enough. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so like just having to learn the extra little things like the pummel and the rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Uh, and then scuba diving, which was cool. Just, just the vacation. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously you learn cool stuff. Yeah. Just, the cheapest way uh, was just go Thailand, do it there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it sounds amazing. You know what's even cheaper? Stay in the UK and just get a sw- swimming swimming pa- pass and swim every day, because I I couldn't even afford. We're surrounded by some war zone around here. What's going us. on? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There was rain. There was this loud car, and now there's a freaking chopper. That's Tom Cruise. Probably he's going back to the studio. Oh boy. Hey. And um, where was I? Oh. Um, so yeah, so because I couldn't afford even scuba diving, I was that broke, yeah. and I was like, okay, because it would cost around three grand or yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, so you did scuba diving, and then uh, two more. Uh, so high diving, 
and swimming. And swimming. So, How yeah, you, oh, cheap, dude, cheap. respect, man, like, that you did swimming. I mean, yeah. for, with your torso, with Oof. those shoulders, but yeah. did you struggle? Um, so basically, I got, I literally, uh, I was quite proud because I, I didn't do swimming when I was little, but Same I, thing, yeah. I was a, I was confident to swim like long distances, mm -hmm. things like that in the ocean, like mm -hmm. it was no problem. But actual swimming was like, yeah, it was mm -hmm. like Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's like if you ask someone to sprint 100 meters and you're like, you got to do it in 10 seconds and then you've done it in 20, you're like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just cut it down. And like, you're a six <clears throat> feet. I'm six foot one and a half. Six, one and a half. Yeah, yeah. And I am five and a hat. Um, <laughs> and I need to compete with this guy. Like my swimming was horrible. I was just sinking. Uh, did you find the uh, high diving fun? Uh, high diving was fun. So much yeah, fun. Yeah, so fun. Uh -huh. um, but we got like when we when we got there, we was like, oh my god, this is fucking you know, it's high. Ten but meters. Yeah, yeah. You got you kind of just get pushed, and like was with people that were like super close to doing their tests. So it was ah, kind of that's perfect. Do it with your mates and just yeah. you know. I was thinking when Tom Daly was training, I oh, was in a yeah, freaking same. thing. So he goes up, does a perfect triple front flip entrance. Like you can't even hear it. <laughs> yeah. Then I go do a shitty Barani or whatever, <laughs> just splash everywhere. And you just see Tom just like looking at me like. <laughs> yeah. But there was a point where like, I remember this one day, all these stunties are falling, these horrible jumps, whatever. I'm not kidding you. Like all the pro uh, divers were just sitting in a corner eating popcorn and just laughing. And it was like, oh shit. Oh, did you see that? That was, that was fun for them. Yeah, that was a good experience. And then, so you qualified for BSR at what age? Uh, 25. 25. And now you're? 35. 35. Yeah, so yeah. decades. Yeah, yeah. Another one. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well done. Congratulations. But only 10 years. So you were on register only two years be uh, before me. Because uh, so. for got, me, it's I, almost eight years I think, now. I think I got on 2011 or 12. Or 12, oh, okay, I got it in 2015. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so three years, yeah. three, four years. Okay, but yeah, but even before getting on BSR, you already had a quite a lot, quite a big uh, yeah, list of things yeah. done. I was already like show ready, like, you know, right, right, right. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so. awesome. And uh, yeah, I looked up your IMDb about, as a stuntman, you probably don't even put all the credits. No, I don't Yeah, really, you just yeah, kind of like, yeah. what's the point? Because I looked up, uh, you've done like literally 50% more than I've done. But in the same time, you've probably done like longer periods of on the same film. I'll go like do two days in a movie and like, hey, I got the credit. <laughs> and then Errol does like four months of work. <laughs> I got one credit. Um, but yeah, how is, um, I don't know, do you want to jump in and acting? I want to jump in and acting. How is that um, going? Because like since, as far as I understand, you got these little parts as a stunt performer and that is very handy for productions to have someone who can do stunts and fighting and can yeah, do some of the um, acting. Definitely sort of got like got lost in the stunt world, mm. uh, obviously, because it's incredible uh, opportunities, mm. you know, and you're like, it's so close to like acting in mm. terms of like you know the, the biggest actors you're constantly work, working with like the top actors in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know you got to like fight them and let them punch you in the face that is so cool um, so obviously that journey like the journey has been absolutely incredible you know mm. so I love uh, what the stunt world has given me um, but yeah definitely now I'm like sort of you know 10 years have gone and i've got like little roles here and there mm -hmm. and it's time to sort of like start pushing the acting for sure so i'm taking like um bigger steps towards that now um, i'm guessing you're doing some acting training and stuff uh to be honest like i 
I definitely need to. <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, really thinking about know, it. But I, you know, every casting that I've gone to, I've either been like booked or been called back in. Um, so, or and then what happens a lot is uh, I'll get booked and I'm like, oh, cool, you're booked. And then I'll get booked for stunts and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's so the one. You've got to make the choice and sometimes you have to sacrifice what you are to what you're going to become. So for me, I'm definitely going to try and take like, less core jobs if, mm. if that's you know possible you got you got to just take control of your life because i think one of the toughest ones is um uh, that in stunt world first of all um the money is there you know exactly how much you're going to make and like for a longer period of time and acting you're kind of a beginner actor right so to go as a beginner actor like the the the, the days are not that long the money is not that good and it's almost like you have a month of stunt work versus a week of acting yeah and then you like and you have family you have yeah, responsibilities yeah. so you have to really think about making those sacrifices yeah um you know you have to you know take like i said like take control of your life it's yeah. like what do you want to be uh and just go for it you know so that's i'm fortunate enough where i i'm in quite demand i'd say um so like <laughs> quite you know, demand. So i you know um I get called like quite a lot and so I've got like, a good network. Where do, when they people call you, do they like, oh, I'm pretty sure you're busy, but still just wanted to yeah, check. <laughs> I mean, to be like the little, like the TV and, you know, a couple of days here, I love that. You know? yeah, I think yeah. like every stunty that's, yeah, that's stunty the best. core, they, they love that. That's the, that's yeah, for, for listeners to just to understand the, the comparison. So when the stunt performer gets a, a core job, that means on the core team and they're there like literally from the beginning till the end of the project and it can be two, three months yeah. of work. And, uh, or six or seven. Yeah, oh geez, <laughs> I haven't been on those. And then it's basically gets to the point where it's kind of a bit boring and tedious because it's the same thing over and over and not much going on but then when we get like tv jobs like only a couple of days it's full actions a lot of fun and then you can move on and do some other stuff so it's like that's the the diff yeah. main difference and then there are some stunt guys actually who who take only tv jobs they don't yeah, even go yeah. for bigger jobs Living the dream there yeah uh yeah i mean uh the thing with tv as well is like you know you're always doing something you yeah, be yeah. on a film for the whole run really and not do any stunts no. you might yeah. rehearse it you might you know prep it and then on the day it'll be someone else that comes in you just pat them on the back like you go for it man you yeah, know, yeah you've yeah. made it all safe for them and they come and just yeah you, you mainly yeah, there just just in case you know when i was doubling ray park he did everything he did all the fights everything and then it was this gnarly fall on the neck <laughs> he's like, like uh, you go do that <laughs> yeah. like, oh thanks buddy <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah it's a trade-off as well and like Everyone wants the big credits, you know, like Mission mm. Impossible and, mm. you know, Bonds, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a trade-off, I think. Yeah. It's nice to do both. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I always appreciate the calls and things like that. So when anyone calls me, I'm like, you know, I always appreciate mm -mm -mm. Uh, the call and super grateful for that. Yeah, and it's it's a very tough one, it's like, to make those choices because that one time when you turn down this little acting job, that could be the one. Yeah, you know, it's true. That's a tough one. Um, I I wanna I wanna um, what's the what's the word when someone uh, show off? No, when it gloats about stuff. I just did a film with uh, Scott Atkins. Yeah, oh, I nice. was acting and fighting. Oh, respect. It was nice. sick, sick uh, little uh, fighting was scene. Was you uh, Russian by the chance? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. No, <laughs> I 
I was Ismail. Oh, sorry. My head. Sorry, sorry. My name is uh, was Mirko, and I was playing a uh, Serbian uh, concierge. Oh, nice. Hello, my friends. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you guessed it. You guessed it right. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And and I think for stunt performers, that's like a dream job when you do have an action fight, 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 and you have lines in yeah, between. Yeah. And in this case, it wasn't just like. Uh, hello or something just like I kill you and then you get shot but I actually had like a proper like lines well, and stuff respect. but that was that was really cool and to get those that's that's a lot of fun um, and yeah and I said a couple of times to uh, Scott Atkins uh, fuck you pussy <laughs> so that's that's even better I just loved it and then after take I was just like oh, I couldn't believe I just said that to him yes <laughs> probably you've done like 100 movies I'm pretty sure if like you don't write down all all of them but uh, can we talk about something what you think was really, like, challenging, very kind of memorable experience in those 10 years of uh, doing stunts? I'm guessing one of the biggest ones, probably the uh, Game of uh, Game of Thrones, uh, probably sitting in that chair and getting that prosthetics and yeah, makeup, yeah. the best. Yeah. And how was, uh, from practical perspective, how was it for you to move and do stuff while you have that thing in your face? Um... It was like the prosthetics. Once it's on, it's like it's cool. Um, but it's just like if you have to move around in the studios and it's hot, it's like it's the worst. Luckily, we we were freezing cold most yeah, of the yeah. time, so we don't have to worry about the heat. But um, yeah, it's just like you know, it's, if you're claustrophobic, it's definitely mm, not for mm-hmm. you. You know, like your whole face, everything's like covered. Um, and yeah, just like again, it was at first. I was like, yeah, it's cool, it's fine. And then you, you know, have to do this every day. Do it every day. Uh, obviously, like the team was amazing. Obviously, like you know, um, they they were amazing. So they were like spot on. And obviously, you're there to do your job as well. And the opportunity is mm. good. So you just you know crack on. Find How many place. hours it, uh, did it take? Uh, four hours every day. I think yeah, they, that's what they got it down to. I think we started maybe five hours, but then it, was, it kind of got down to about and derigging. Uh, derigging is like an hour. It's no. ripping it off, you know, but just getting ah, it like, yeah, it's like the, the glue and the hair. And what was like, the main things? How how did you pass your time? Did you read a book? Listen, no, what no, did you do? sleep, man. Like you're up at like 2 a.m. to sit in the chair at like 3 or something. You literally fall asleep. And you, yeah, you have like the craziest dreams. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love you're, that. Yeah. And, and they, the the guys, the prosthetics guys, they're used to it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah. They, it's, you're on this chair and you're just... You know, Did camp- they give you cameras. some kind of like a neck support yeah, or something yeah, yeah. so you can actually yeah. sleep? Oh, there, there was like one or two chairs that didn't have the neck support, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, we didn't get the thing." And so you would do, like you would do that <laughs> once in a while. Like, oh, sorry, guys, <laughs> <laughs> paint on your face or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! And this, you see, this is what people don't know. I didn't even know that. Like, I never get prosthetics uh, so, so vast and so so. Was is that the most? Um, complicated complex uh prosthetics you ever had oh yeah for sure because it wasn't just uh the the prosthetics guys it was like so the prosthetics guys they put on all the like uh silicone yeah yeah, yeah. stuff the hands then they'll pass you over to the hair and uh hair guys so Mm. all the wigs the eyebrows the beards then you've got the contacts which is another department Then you've got costume, which is another department. How was how was your eyes with contacts? Um, okay, mine were okay, but yeah, they like get sore because they had like the big round ones, so it's like yeah. covers your whole eye. So it's like someone trying to like yeah, it was. And you like, don't wear glasses or contacts, wear, yeah, so no yeah. freaking experience with yeah, that shit. So it was a bit like you know. I tried once. I got like the cheap shitty ones, like on this Halloween thing. My eyes were dying. I was cry like I was tearing up. Yeah. And, 
Something like that yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's, uh, you got to have a, so much patience. Like you got to really have patience. There's always someone like you know pulling you this way Filling or whatever. Around. Um, but yeah, they take they take care of you. You know. How many days altogether did you do in that character? Uh, I don't even know. So I did from season five to season eight. So I can't. I don't even know. You bought a house for that money, did you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. Very a thankful. Castle. Shout out to Rowley. Hey, shout out to Rowley. Yeah, Rowley's the stunt coordinator for Game of Thrones. Um, uh, well, was. Is, are they going to do more? <gasps> Can we talk about it? Uh, well, Game of Thrones is done now, but uh, yeah. House of Dragon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. How different? I haven't seen it. How different is it? Uh, it's, so it's the prequel before it. So it's not as like zombies uh, okay. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, but still like dragons and fire and yeah. cool stuff. Like I, can t I can share with how much I've seen uh, Game of Thrones. Um, I would uh, uh, on YouTube. I'll write Khaleesi scenes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah I watch all those. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the the brutality of that uh, that um, TV series was pretty cool. I think my favorite one was that that big guy set on the little guy and, and, and crushed his skull. The yeah, mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were you there? Did you see uh, it? Oh, that was yeah, the was, like, it all meshes into one. Now, yeah, yeah. Just a, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. A nasty way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Not for him, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's Game of Thrones. Any any other ones where you thought like, um, wow, that's really cool? Like, obviously, the first Bond was like crazy. Yeah. So uh, I got flown out to Mexico. I was like, this is Hollywood right now. So right. flown out to Mexico. Didn't know what I was going to be doing. Um, so then I, I'm like in this cool suit. I'm like, oh, this, you know, this is cool. First time wearing suit. <laughs> yeah, that's <yeah>. awesome. <laughs> no, no. I dress out once in a while. Um, but yeah, uh, so go out to Mexico and then um, it's like a massive scene, it's the intro and everything. Like thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of extras. Uh, uh, and, excuse me, supporting the act actors. Uh, supporting SAs, actors. yes, sorry. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then like, oh, uh, you're going to be in the helicopter. So I was like, what? So basically like, I'm playing like a guard who um, like the, the main bad uh, main boss has come in and he's like oh he needs backup and he's trying to get to the get out of the city or whatever somewhere safe uh, Bond, Bond's chasing him down and uh, so I come in the helicopter and the, and the crowd like uh, separate and I come down touch down get him in the helicopter and then just get knocked out by Bond yeah 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 so I was like that this is crazy so uh, they had a uh, the pilot who's like the number one Red Bull pilot uh, Chuck Aaron his name is mm -hmm. and um, so. I've gone in there and he's like, yeah, cool. How you doing, buddy? Like American guy. He's from Texas. So super like big personality. And yeah, we're just like flying around Mexico City. And he's just like, yeah, well, check this thing. Was that your first time on a helicopter? First time in the helicopter. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> the, the doors best. are open. You know, like, I got best. like a little strop to hold on to. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is crazy. Um, and that was your like, how, how long how long ago was this? Uh, so that was Spectre. So, yeah. I don't know. It must be like six. Seven years ago, yeah. maybe. So you already been on Reg for like three, four years. Uh, yeah. So I've yeah. Been, so you've yeah. got already yeah, quite so, experienced I mean, yeah. performer. Yeah. yeah. But it would be um, cool if that would be one of your first jobs. Oh, yeah, that would be oh shit! Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a really good experience. You had long curly hair. I mean, uh, your hair gets yeah, curly yeah, yeah. Uh, natu uh, yeah. naturally. So it was your hair. It was not like uh, wigs or anything like that. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I had short hair by then, anyway. So I yeah. kind of. Uh, I think it was on Thor too, which was like. My first uh, first film, 
mm. my first big film for like a long run. Um, I had braids back then, uh, sort of like coming out of the dancer yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then halfway through, I was like, just cut them off. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. nice. I remember, I remember that scene. I remember that um, I watched it. I was like, did I already meet you before that? But it was very, yeah, it was very um, uh, memorable um, uh, performance. I like when you just mentioned about dancing stuff. Like, where is this? Oh, here it is. Hey. Oh, oh, here it is. Style of dance called tutting. Yeah, that's you and Rashid. Yeah, you can see the uh, the braids. Yeah, <laughs> and this is how long ago? This is like maybe I must say twelve, thirteen. No, no, it's got to be even more. Maybe fourteen, fifteen years ago now. Oh, okay, so yeah, this is yeah. before even the 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 stand register. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool stuff. So then dancing for you, I mean, like, what I noticed, there's a common pattern and I can relate to myself, also someone who comes from, like, dancing background. It's so much easier to do to, to do stuff in stunts, uh, especially putting choreographies together and it's memorizing the moves, memorizing the beats, me memorizing yeah, the pauses. Timing, yeah. timing, it just helps so much. So dancing for you was always just, like, a little hobby or then, obviously, you did shows, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I was never like drawn to dance um, and I wasn't ever like a really good dancer mm. or, or anything like that. But um, luckily, like the people I was around and the opportunities I got for being able to flip and things like mm. that. Uh, so basically, my dance training was like free. Mm. So I could just rock up to uh, the studio and, um, you know, just ju jump in with the, the classes and stuff. Um, and there was a lady called uh, Tamara. Mm -hmm. um, and she runs Studio 68, I think. Oh, right, yeah, in, uh, 68. Yeah. It's a very, very famous studio yeah. in, in uh, London. Yeah, I used to I used to teach there for a little while, uh, while I was doing stunts as well, just to, to give back, I suppose. Nice. Um, what but, did you teach? Uh, so, like, sort of martial arts, acrobatics. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, every dancer wants to flip, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, so, like, do, just doing, like, a butterfly kick. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. nice, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you just need to learn technique and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so uh, through being able to trick... Uh, very well and do all the flips she was like oh if you guys want to come and you know uh, teach our guys and then you know you can join in with the classes and stuff so I was like yeah that'd be cool and then I think it was like they'll do three classes a day mm. so an hour each class and then we'll teach for an hour or however long we you know our time slot was so we was like right let's just do it perfect and then uh, yeah and then sort of just jumped in the deep end and soon as you can do a little bit of dancing and with flips everyone thinks oh yeah, my god it's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. Good, so, um, great combo yeah so it's sort of blagged that for as long as i could really that's great um what one of the interesting things is like it's difficult to find a combo that someone can be good dancer and good in yeah, acrobatics yeah, yeah. I and i remember i went to see um the michael jackson's um thriller the musical yeah it was so funny to see there were two guys who were good trickers they were shit dancers yeah, it was <laughs> and they just really stand out like a sore thumbs like oh my god everyone else just expressive yeah and they're like ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously that's not your case your dancing is beautiful um before we finish the first half um one more m very memorable uh thing from stunts um i mean it's so many it's so many it's so, so many. difficult yeah uh i think one of the ones again like game of friends is like uh a quite a big chunk of yeah, uh, yeah. my experience but like seeing someone on fire for the first time was like very uh like surreal uh, you know? right, right, and, right. uh 
just like with the acting and stuff like obviously they're always going to put the more experienced stunt guys on fire because mm, if mm, it goes wrong it goes wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just seeing that for the first time and thinking oh my god do, do I even want to do this and then seeing like how it all was you know orchestrated again by Rowley yeah super chill like super safe um and just seeing that was like whoa this is serious shit yeah <laughs> Uh, fire is my favorite yeah, you get all so attention yeah, you yeah. get all attention in the world <laughs> yeah. but then there's so much pressure on you like if you fuck it up one of the jobs I had to do was like to flip on a barbecue flip over it, and then then I'm set on fire and I had a choreography I need to get against one wall against another wall I couldn't see shit so yeah. I was just like going touch and oh, whatever yeah. and on video it's, it looks so like kind of uh, random and stuff but like coordinated like that looks perfect because you don't know what you're doing yeah. so but it is quite a lot of uh, yeah, pressure. Yeah, it is. And what, again, behind the scenes, people don't realize that most of the time, <clears throat> the prep into it, like with the fire gel and stuff, you're freezing. Yeah. So yeah. the whole time you're like freezing cold, just like wanting to get on with oh, it. Oh, that's, that's awesome that you mentioned that because yeah. that's a misconception. Usually people, oh, yeah, where you were, where you had, yeah. I was freezing my balls off. <laughs> yeah. But they're doing a little bit different now. They kind of do this different layers. Like they put the dry layer, then wet layer, and then so yeah. you can do different. So but the old school, I think, was proper. Like, you need to, like, yeah, wet yeah, layers yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, again, it depends how big the fire is. But yeah, um, true. People have their own ways of doing it. But true. generally, you would have, like, two layers of, uh, uh, we call it underwear, like Nomex. Or yeah, yeah, Nomex. Yeah. Um, which is, like, fireproof and everything. Um, and then some people now have, like, waterproof layer as well mm, just mm. to keep you uh, from not freezing. Because sometimes you can wait, like, up to 45 minutes. You think, yeah. okay, get ready. Takes half an hour. Waterproof, waterproof layer. You mean like the um, um, wetsuit? Some uh, some people yeah, put wetsuits wet on I've as well. I've used wetsuits before mm. as well. Um, but you can put like a layer of like um, like waterproof uh, over like one layer of Carbon X or something. Oh, okay, something okay, like okay. That, You know what I mean? Crazy combos. Um, and then you yeah. put on top of it, you even put also a racing suit. Yeah, racing Then you're just suit, like you're a like, walking uh, Michelin yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, nice one. Okay, let's have a little break. And uh, we're going to be back shortly. Um, yeah, just just uh, off record, we're just talking about... Um, um, Errol was asking me about when I'm going to go back to Bali. And I need to make some cash and then I go back to Bali. But mainly I go for winter and I was saying that um, um, it's just too hot there. Uh, so you mentioned about your dad that he might be moving to Bali and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's um, basically his uh, company is like a fuel additive. Oh, okay. So basically, like it cuts the emissions uh, super low and it pr improves the performance of your cars and uh, it also cleans the engine. So oh, it's right. like a super. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's basically like steroids for uh, your car basically and that's um, uh, then he would try to do this business in bali as like in there or just he would be based there and dealing with uh, um like yeah basically like stuff. based there to like around asia basically because oh, okay. uh the government over here they obviously want us all to go uh, well in like, bali there's yeah. just scooters mainly <laughs> but yeah i mean this obviously there's many green alternatives yeah. to to fuel and they're stuff, getting more electric electrical scooters by the way uh, well, more yeah, even, even electric isn't like the best. It's not really mm. green either, you know, mm. just offsetting your carbon. So, mm. um, that's uh, so your dad, he, he was the what kind of the reason you got into martial arts and you were exposed to them. So, what did he do? What kind of martial arts he did? Uh, so, he done he done two, uh, one called Cook to One. Never uh, heard of it. Say it again. Uh, Cook to One. Cook to One. Yeah. Um, 
Um, Sounds like cooking shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, one is basically it's a Korean style with, like, so you've got Hapkido, Taekwondo, yeah. like, um, various Taekwondo, um, Korean styles. Uh, so it's basically like an array of all of them into mm. one. Uh, he said it's like super aggressive, like a lot of breaks and kind of stuff like that. Oh, okay. And then he done another style called Senshido, which is a um, Japanese style. Right, right, right. So that was like a little bit more like spiritual, flowy kind of mm -hmm. stuff. It's very interesting when you hear about these kind of martial arts who are like devastating um, and 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 like just uh, destroy other person. Mm -hmm. But but when there's an MMA, uh, UFC, whatever they they very rarely they talk about oh yeah he's doing this crazy super cool yeah. martial art it's mainly like the you know muay thai uh, boxing kickboxing uh, wrestling bjj yeah striking yeah more yeah all, like, you know and then then it's uh it's an interesting <clears throat> one but it's it's not some you know it's not always about uh, uh bringing devastating force to someone's face it's so much more that can be meditation and uh just finding peace and and it's yeah and i think with the like the misconception of martial arts with people like, oh, that doesn't work. This doesn't. Well, a lot of martial arts is not set up for the ring. So you yeah. might not be in a situation where <clears throat> someone, you know, they've got a knife or whatever it is and, you know, whatever technique uh, you believe to work and obviously you drill that, then it's, it's going to work, you know? Yeah. So, and all the spectacular knockouts that you see nowadays are always from like, Taekwondo practitioners mm. or Kung Fu practitioners, you know. So it's not necessarily like, oh, that doesn't work, this doesn't work. Uh, it's just if you've trained it well enough mm -hmm. to work for you, you know. Yeah, it's, so, it's not yeah. about the martial art, it's about the performer. Yeah, but if you want to just generally get the gist of, you know, beating someone up, then of course, like uh, Muay Thai and uh, Jiu Jitsu and all yeah. those kind of like boxing. That's obviously they're striking specific. Beating someone up, uh, I don't know how comfortable you're it. feeling about uh, talking. Like you, you told me the story when last year when we worked on The Witcher that you almost got mugged on the on the bike. On many occasions, many, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so insane. It's definitely. As long um, as I, I wish they would know who they're mugging, they probably would yeah, not. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's uh, when yeah, obviously when it happens. Like growing up, um, you know been attempted to be mugged many times and you know i got sucker punched on the on the bus one time so my journey to uh kung fu from like uh north london to uh golders green uh which is sort of central, still kind of north london i guess but it's, it takes like 45 minutes yeah. to get there at least um you know running with, to the bus and you know if i miss that bus and have to run to the next bus stop you know with yeah my swords and <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah just like experiences you know that like you go through you go through different areas and obviously you're always on the top deck and mm -hmm. sometimes there's no one around getting back late so uh, yeah people always always trying to you know mug me or intimidate me or whatever but, but you're a big guy like why would they do that uh, if, if I would say you were like my height, you know, not my size, obviously, yeah. but my height or like, you know, but you're a big fucking guy. Like your frame is insane. Like, I don't know. Well, it's very Because oh, you used to be very skinny. Yeah. Be very skinny. Yeah. Before like weight training and right, sort of right, changed right. my style of training a little bit. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, uh, people, you know, I got the, I got sucker punch and that like really fueled me. So mm. basically uh, I was trying to catch a nap, had my music on and then, uh, this guy just like sort of pushed me and I was like, what? Like, I was like, what? Took my headphones out. Bam! Sucker punched me. And I was kind of, I was like super confused. Yeah, I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. maybe he thinks I'm someone else yeah, or something. Yeah, 
so I was like, uh, like, what are you doing, man? And then again, bah, straight away, I was like, oh, fucking hell. Um, and then he just sort of like leant over me and was like, give me your phone. <gasps> and I was just like, oh shit, I'm getting mugged. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, should I try and do something or whatever? Um, and then by the time I thought about it, like he, he said he was going to stab me, but you know, who knows if he, he, yeah, he had yeah. something in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could have been whatever, but uh, I was like, is it worth the risk? And yeah. by the time you start thinking, it's like, cool. So I gave him my phone, uh, he got off the bus and then the next stop, I was just like, done the uh, like cut my lip pretty bad done the spit of blood i was like right that's it <laughs> got off the bus uh at the next stop and then i was literally like marching down trying to find him and then the police saw me and they're like whoa like i had a like already had black eye blooded lip and stuff and then they were like uh, whoa, whoa what's going on buddy i was like ah uh, just like basically i've been mugged so this guy just sucker punched me and i was like, all right jump in the car so then jumped in the car they sort of drove around a little bit and then they're like oh look He's probably gone, but like, we'll take a statement from me or whatever. So I was like, all right, whatever. I was more pissed because I was missing my session as well. I was like, oh, God, you know. Um, so I got back to the police station. Like, look, just go through like these faces that we have and file. And then if you recognize anyone, yeah. say, found the guy. No. I was, like, oh, that's, I was like, yeah, that is the guy. So then, like, all right, cool. Um, so then obviously I went and then they like called me back like, a couple of weeks later. said, like, oh, we found the guy. Uh, you know, this, he's on record for this, this, whatever. And then uh, the guy got like eight months in uh, in prison for that. For that, for yeah. sucker punch you. Yeah. So I was like, justice. Uh, I guess. Well, but it's a mug. It's mugging. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah, it, can, yeah, yeah. it can be wow. Yeah. Well, uh, at the end, this story feels like it ended well. I guess. I suppose. Yeah. Just. I your... felt like oh, maybe eight months, but then it, these sort of experiences affect people, and I always think this now, yeah. like. Uh, now obviously I'm more experienced as like fights and things like that so when it does happen to me now there's a like a zero tolerance kind of thing yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. if this is some, if this was happening to someone else mm. this could affect their life mm. forever you know what I mean uh, so yeah I rain down justice that's, that's huge nowadays man. yeah if it happens but then the, 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 I, I honestly 100% agree that uh, your decision of like what if he does have a knife yeah you um, know it's like it's not worth it yeah you know even yeah. even if he's not strong or whatever like pull it out just slice your face whatever yeah, like exactly. there's no point to risk yeah, you know yeah. whatsoever and like oh i'm a martial artist or something like that yeah and uh like again like just being aware and things like mm. that now. and even now like when one one of my bikes uh while i was on it uh these guys tried to take it and the whole time like again i had like my music on i was just chilling mm. end of the week and they were like, I literally like got kicked in the back. They were on a, a 500 or something, Honda. Um, and I just get kicked in the back. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I was like, as soon as I took my headphone off, all they were saying is like, stab him, stab him. I was like, what? Jeez. So when you hear things like that, you know, you're just like, Jesus, what the? Again, I was thinking they must think I'm someone else. The confusion. Uh, so ended up dealing with that anyway. It was all good. Um, what again, did you do? Well, <laughs> so I was on my uh, electric dirt bike, uh, so it wasn't like the fastest. So I tried to get away, uh, but I was just like on a normal kind of road. Um, so I sort of like went in between some parked cars and uh, parked cars, sorry. Uh, and then eventually I was like, right, I'm just gonna skid this skid out, and then sort of like get back because they if they wanted to stab me, they could literally just ride up yeah. to me at any point to stab me. So I was like, what? What's going on? So um, sort of skidded out the bike and like sort of 
you know, gauge my distance and stuff. Um, so one guy jumped off. Uh, the other guy was just kept revving his engine, trying to like keep me away with the bike. And then I saw the guy that jumped off trying to get on my bike. Um, and where where I um, broke so hard, the handlebars actually t uh, bent forward. Yeah. So where the the throttle was, it was like even if you pull it, it's like yeah, it's really hard. So he couldn't control the bike, and it was like going all over the place. And then I was like, nah, I'm not letting him take my bike. So managed to get around the guy. They both had helmets, and I just smashed the guy. I was I didn't even know what I was thinking at the time. Obviously, he's got a helmet. I just smashed him around the head um, with his helmet. My hand was fine. Um, and then he sort of like stumbled back and then the other guy came round and I was like, right, come on then. And then out from nowhere, like a complete stranger just jumped up behind me. He's like, come on then. We both started swearing and like, come on, you can't. So I blah, 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 come on. And then, uh, so they shut themselves and they just rode off. And then basically it was the guy's house. He's heard the fiasco. So he's just jumped, like come out and helped me. I was oh. like, mate. You know, so there's good people out Samaritan there. Samaritan right there, man. All heroes That's wear awesome. capes, yeah. But um, that was like just one scenario of many. <laughs> I can say like I've been very, very lucky then. I mean, like I've been riding bikes from East London to uh, how many times to the studios and stuff and just thinking about also you're sitting in the red light and yeah. someone just come, comes over on a scooter or whatever. Yeah. But like this uh, is just, I mean... You know they can come from desperate backgrounds or whatever, but yeah, it just does not. Yeah, it's not right, especially it? when they go like with knives and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just not cool. And and you can, and London is getting crazier and crazier. Like, what what do you hear? Is it getting a little bit better now? It's um, still uh, like pretty bad. Knife crime is up quite a lot. So all those all those kind of things, man. It's like you obviously you don't want to take the risk, but you got to assess the situation, yeah. know yourself, and. So sort of just do, you know, is it worth it? And you know. One of the things that I'm very surprised is, um, well, it kind of makes sense, but like things like why there's not allowed to have a pepper spray, that a pe pepper spray is illegal. Mm. But, but the argument is that, oh, but it, what if it's going to get to the baddies? So baddies going to have handle of it. But then shouldn't you have some kind of, a, like in States, for example, when they give guns to anyone, but what if you like would do a proper procedure of who would get the pepper spray, let's say? Yeah. You know what I mean? perfect sense. And it's like, perfect especially sense, for yeah. women, I had a friend of mine, uh, she's a Canadian, uh, she's been in the UK for a long time now, and she would say how many times she feels like someone is following her or like someone actually followed her. And she's like, Renars, what do I do? Like, I can't buy pepper spray. I can't. Mm. And I literally, I came up with the idea to get something like what looks more like a knuckle duster. Yeah. And like, I said, like, you can use that one maybe and whatever. But she still, she has to punch. Like, if you don't know how to punch. Yeah, it's such a, like anyone that's been mugged, it's, it's that, um, you know, adrenaline shot. Mm, you yeah, got to like control yeah. that, you're in you know fear that's what i'm saying Shock, like if, yeah, yeah. It's any situation where someone mugs you it could change your life forever it's, you know it's crazy people like get ptsd and they stay inside all the time so for me like when any time situations like that arise uh i try to deal with it you know yeah. as, as best as i can but if i have to beat the shit out of someone yeah. for justice i'm happy to do that but you're like one of the <laughs> one of the most like athletic specimens i know of like it's you, but listen but it's a huge difference and and you're not only like fighting in the movies you've like done tkd competitions you've done proper like fights and and all that but think about like these tiny women just walking yeah, yeah. from the yeah. train to the like yeah Pepper spray is literally the only thing I can think of. It's all, yeah. it's again, if you're lucky and there's a distance mm. and you can do. What yeah. if someone just comes from behind? You yeah. like, yeah, maybe maybe it's taser. I got nothing. And the yeah. only thing in the UK they have a uh, rape alarm. 
So, yeah. oh, great, it's going to beat. Nice. And the other one was the, like, the spray, color spray. Yeah, so you basically paint. You you get the paint on them. Oh, right, yeah. It's like you know when they rob the bank and they yeah, open the yeah, yeah. the yeah. I'm like, what what is that gonna do? I'm, yeah, yeah I've, that that that's the point where I got kind of you know frustrated with that's that. That's why stuff. everyone needs to learn martial arts. <laughs> oh, I got a naughty idea in my head. Just uh, just a moment. You know how they if if you want to have a, a good business in a car shop, yeah, you just make sure that there's a lot of potholes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you want to uh, open nice uh, uh, martial art gym, so you make sure there's a lot of knife crime around. Oh, no, I didn't go there. Um, and this somehow lead us to talk about veganism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very good segue. Um, yeah, so one of the first things what I kind of noticed in the show was like, was like, wow, this is interesting. So Rashid is also vegan, right? Yes. Yeah, so you and Rashid, not Karanja. Yeah, Karanja. Karanja as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all three of you, when did you all together kind of became the vegan? Um, no, so we obviously we all um, had a different journey mm-hmm. into martial arts. Um, we mainly trained together in Kung Fu in China. But right. We weren't going to the same martial arts schools or anything like that. It was mainly just uh, the tricking where we would uh, you know, come together and, and obviously shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was both like all from different parts of London, North, East, South. So um, that's like, you know, the little trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And yeah, so I think Rashid was like the first. Um, uh, his mother is like vegan and mm-hmm. she's into the whole spiritual thing as well, yeah. which is cool. So he had a good uh, teacher there. Um, and for me, it was after China, sort of getting more into Buddhist philosophies. Mm-hmm. Um, the, obviously, the Buddhist philosophies like to to go uh, vegetarian and sort of live a life where you, you don't harm. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So that kind of appealed to me. Um, and then once I started to do my research into it and I was like, yeah, Jesus, like makes sense. what's going on in the world with like uh, the meat industry is um, mm-hmm. it's diabolical. So I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, so I was like, let me see how this goes. So uh, eventually, so first I, I was pescatarian for a year, then mm-hmm. I was vegetarian for a year. And then when I went to uh, Thailand to do my scuba, that's where I was like, right, I'm going to do the whole vegan thing. So you've been vegan for like 10 good years. Uh, coming up to 13 years now. 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So um, yeah, quite a while. When it was really difficult as well. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, that's it. For me, I was like, if, mm-hmm. I, if I can thrive... And do what I need to do, train as much as I want to train and improve uh, without harming anything. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? You know? So for me, one of the main like the curiosity questions is because I, I heard so many different, you know, there's so many different uh, 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 thoughts or school of thoughts. And uh, the number one, for example, when vegans say like, well, I don't want to harm, harm anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. So but you you heard that argument, but yeah, but yeah, growing yeah, it yeah, out, yeah. you'd still harm so many different li- living creatures, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't really put like the cow and and that uh, and that pig in in this horrible environment and like literally um, do all this. Uh, when we're talking about the huge industrial farms, which yeah, is, you know yeah. the and I'm I'm totally against that. Yeah. Obviously, someone who grew up in a farm, like have your 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 animals there, and you. You, you have this love towards them. And, and for me, it was as a kid, I was like struggled with the concept when my dad would say like, 
yeah, we love this little piggy, but it's going to grow up and then we're going to kill it and yeah. we're going to eat it. Yeah. Uh, but then he explained, like, it's a circle of life. This is how we live. So, we, you know, we take it, we give it, you know, and that kind of makes sense to me, yeah. like, you know. And um, so, but the problem is, yeah, when those massive farms and like how that, uh, how those animals get treated, what is your opinion about if someone lives their life like as i said like if you have your farm you you have those animals you treat them and all that on on the level of like accepting or not accepting uh like for me i'm not like i'm not uh judgmental everyone's got to do what they feel is right for them uh and i'm not opposed to the thought of um people aren't meant to eat me or whatever Mm -hmm. I i think uh the best way uh, for me, would be for game. Mm-hmm. So if like you go out, you hunt, hunt own, yeah, 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 and then that deer or whatever it animal yeah. it is, that's like supplies your meat for the year, basically. Yeah. Um, so, so you I, agree uh, to Joe Rogan's concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like that's the closest I, I could just sort of accept. Yeah, like, yeah. And I know, like, obviously, farming and uh, that sort of agriculture has been mm-hmm. around for like you know since the dawn of time. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. yeah. Um, so. I'm not I'm not opposed to that but f- for me now I'm like well I'm obviously thriving yeah, and yeah. you know uh I've got enough energy and all the all the all <laughs> obviously the, all the good stuff um so there's no need to sort of look into it mm, you mm, know mm. No, it um, makes 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 sense, and and again, like uh, for different folks, different strokes, and you know that idea for you it works for maybe for me it doesn't work, um, and uh, but also the other thing I, uh, with veganism is that a lot of people throw like in Latvian we have this expression we throw the gun in the bush too quick without doing proper research understanding, like so, so when you. Uh, on daily basis when you eat what about all the supplements and vitamins and all the things what you're supposed to have in meat and you don't have in 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 uh in uh, vegan food or in vegetables and stuff how do you do you oh well, supposedly right no uh, no no suppose yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the thing i don't know don't yeah. know enough so can you enlighten me in, in that area um well whatever if you, even if you eat do eat meat it's like balanced diet right yes yeah. that's, that's the the, the gold standard mm. which you, you want to go by getting your fats in your protein yeah, yeah, your yeah. aminos all that kind of stuff um so really there's not a lot that you can't get from plants because right. the animals they're eating the plants yeah, and yeah. that's how they're getting their nutrients so it kind of like it's almost like a filter a filter second hand mm-hmm. sort of nutrients yeah in a way if you you want to simplify it mm-hmm. um so all the nutrients and minerals and all that kind of stuff you just get from plants. You just got to do a bit of research. Right. And, so you, you know, don't take extra like supplements. Uh, I mean, so recently fish I started oils to no, no fish oil obviously. Oh sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been taking uh, lion's mane. Okay. Uh, so I've been taking lion's mane, uh, creatine, um, vitamin E, uh, and that's pretty much it. And protein powders, uh, obviously like vegan ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not so much as oh, I need protein to you know like to build muscle and it obviously you do but um not so much as like just to have it as a as a, almost a snack yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and um, when you said vitamin e there's a specific reason for why vitamin e uh just because i had um uh a lady who basically done like a reading it's like a an electromagnetic uh, uh spectrum oh, okay um and basically she's like oh your levels are like really good but like uh, your vitamin E is like slightly off, so I'm just right, right, right. going with that and seeing what what happens. 
Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I love that you're here. Can we? We can talk about this. Um, do you know um, Tom Sheaf? Tom Sheaf. Tom Sheaf was the um, uh, crazy free runner. He used to come to oh, Tim East London. Sheaf. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Sheaf. Yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah Tim Sheaf, and uh, and then one of his uh, ma- good mates, and he's a very good mate of mine, Chris Lodge. Chris Lodge, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. both of them, yeah. they threw the gun in a bush yes. a couple years ago. A lot of people do. Yeah, and then um, um, I don't know, obviously Tim Sheaf that well because I couldn't yeah. remember his na- first name. Um, I do follow him. I've seen his stuff, and I've seen like you know these crazy, not crazy, like pretty, pretty. Um, how to say um, out there, out there yeah. videos of him saying yeah, veganism is the best. Yeah. Look at I have energy, yeah. I have hair, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, I know a little bit better. And then uh, with Chris, actually did build my camper van. I had like yeah. a little kitchen, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he did yeah. that thing. He's amazing. Shout out to Chris Lodge. Hey, my boy. Yeah. He became a father uh, a couple of years yeah, ago yeah. now. Uh, yeah. I've I spe- I spoken to them both about when they came off the vegan. Yeah. Gave, gave him some shit, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I basically, I was so excited to see him because we had the meeting before he's going to be doing the last bits and pieces for for my van. And then I found out, I saw the post that them, him and, and Tim, both of them, like, that's it, yeah. start with veganism. A lot, a lot of people, like, you know, yeah, yeah, and that was like, what happened? Because I was yeah. just like sitting on the edge yeah. of my chair, I was like, what happened? And he, like, just the way he put it, it was like, I just felt like something's wrong. It's like, there's no energy. There's, it feels like I'm inflammation and everything. And it feels like I need that egg, I need that meat. And then as soon as he got back to it, he mm. got, you know, was, everything was perfectly fine. Uh, I don't know Tim's side uh, of the story, but. In Bali, I have a friend of mine who has been studying diets for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. He lived um, with different uh, tribes and stuff and like studying those yeah. diets. And, and he literally got to the point where he was actually helping people to cure cancer with the diets and stuff. Yeah. And he's a huge advocate for meat mm-hmm. um, himself. And uh, basically the theory, what he was telling me about is that it's almost like every uh, person has that certain point where they can be without meat and then eventually they crush that's like simplified yeah. as po- as possibly can be yeah. and i was like really, really? you know because again like knowing you knowing karanja mm-hmm. knowing like they're perfect examples who are athletes who do everything but it was like how does that make, make any sense and then he's like well first of all he said like everyone has a different threshold so some people would be like takes years before they their body's kind of crushing some yeah. but then at the same time again like knowing you you've done this for years and then he was saying about also the ex- uh, examples from like in Bali that these yogis that usually like they advertise the veganism and everything yeah, but I even mean, some of them would crush and stuff mm-hmm. and I was like okay now I have I have no idea what's going on here yeah i mean like again, for me, twelve years going, thirteen years. Yeah, I've, um, you know, gonna, <laughs> I've crushed it basically. Yeah. Right? In terms of like breaking foot, maybe like like I said, everyone needs to do what works for them. Mm-hmm. So it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been at the top of my game for many different sports and stuff. Um, you know, traveled where it's been difficult, like getting what I need and things like that. But I've always been fine. Mm. Um looking to other you know there's there's so much research out there yeah uh so often the, the case is whatever the mind thinks the body mm. will, will react you know um but in terms of like fasting 
you know, all the diseases and stuff that we get from food now, like diabetes, mm -hmm. um, you switch that to the vegan diet and you see instant changes yeah. within a couple of weeks. You know? But it's also, in my opinion, and that's what Joe Rogan talks about a lot as well, is like what kind of meat you eat. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's there's so many crappy well. meats. Yeah, and, and that definitely leads me also to the thing what um, I uh, want to ask you is about how do you get these good uh, veggies and good good stuff? Because like if you go a normal store, like that tomato is not a tomato. That cucumber yeah. doesn't taste like cucumber. Yeah. Like And those things also being uh, uh they've been using pesticides and all that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff how do yeah. you find so do you go to like specifics like free markets whole foods how do you get your stuff um there's like where i live there's loads of um like farmers markets nice. and stuff yeah. and that kind of stuff so we try to get what we can from there like we still get things from the supermarket mm -hmm. obviously try and get organic and you know so it is the quality of food basically like mm. there's plenty of unhealthy vegans out yeah, there you know yeah, yeah, yeah. eating all these mock meats and things like that and people often than not will go to you know oh, i can't have the meat like real meat and they want to go vegan so they'll just get the mock meat straight away just to replace what is, it sorry what is mock meat uh, it's just like a a, a plant-based a meat alternative basically oh, it kind yeah. of tastes like meat but it's not meat basically. yeah basically. and textures yeah, similar yeah, and stuff yeah. um and some of them are really good now like you some of it like you wouldn't know the difference right right uh but obviously you've got to like research of like what kind of mm -mm -mm. uh things are being pumped into them or or whatever um so yeah again it's like the quality of food that you're eating is going to make mm. a massive difference yeah, yeah. so if you don't have enough energy then you know it's probably because you're not eating the right things to get yeah. enough energy so when you had a chat with uh tim and and uh chris yeah. what, what what did they say like what uh well they're always like straight on the the back foot i've like, i've i've have a, i've had loads of friends that w were vegan and they're like super like yeah vegan all that kind of stuff i've never been like a vegan way i'm like Oh, you murderers, all that kind of stuff. No, which I, like which I really respect. Thank like, you. I love that about you that you never, like, oh, you do this and you just, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm, and I've I'm, had I'm a, I get, uh, like, in the early days, I used to get so much shit from the stuff. Yeah. Like, and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, guys, just, you know. Uh, yeah. And it was almost just for themselves. But um, yeah, I've had, like, loads of friends that are, like, come and, you know, they're eating fish now. And, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't judge them, but I might give them a bit of shit from time to time yeah. just for bants. But um, I think for me, it's like this. The reason why I started it is I'm never going to be like, oh, actually, I'll just forget that. Mm -mm. You know, all the killing and you know, yeah. for that for the animals is why I, I did it. Uh, so for for me, it's like their hearts aren't as strong as mm. you know what they should be for the reason why they started. You know, mm. um, so yeah, I just give them. A, you know, I, I'm not judgmental. No, no, no. But I think like if if you've made a decision. And I don't know why they made their decisions, but for me, it was for the animals. I can't like be a part of that. Yeah. That culture. No, but what did they? What did they say to you? Oh, they were just like, oh yeah, man, I I needed it because uh, like my energy and all mm. this kind of stuff, and yeah, it was just like a back and forth. Because because I heard Chris's Chris's side of it. What I'm very curious about Tim's side because obviously he was just so vocal and so yeah, like out there. Like, yeah. And it was, my hair is so strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still, it like reminds Who me knows, a little bit yeah. like this guy Who from knows, uh, yeah. Terminator, uh, not Terminator, Transformers. Uh, that young kid, what was his name? 
Um, yeah, I know you talk uh, about Shia LaBeouf Sh- when yeah. he's like, "You can do it." Yeah, yeah. that's like Tim Sheaf is like, "My hair, my hair is so strong. I can do backflip." Yeah. Um, Tim, I'm not making fun of you, but I just thought it was yeah, a bit it was, funny. It was and pretty, then pretty hilarious. When yeah, he came and then he just like yeah. that's it. Um, but yeah, it it is it if is. You can't hack it. Like it's like it's no. Uh, obviously, it's like uh, food. Food is a culture. I'm like Turkish Cypriot. I'm, I'm from Cyprus, so like barbecues, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Like my grandparents, you know, like that, that's part of my culture. So c- coming away from that, almost like they they might have seen like my family, like oh you're rejecting your culture, that kind of stuff. Yeah. My family were super supportive anyway, but yeah, not having certain foods that I highlight like my grand's cooking or you know my mum's cooking, all that kind of stuff. So having to st- take a step back from that and being mm. like, oh, I can't have that anymore or or maybe just once. And I was like, right, if I, I'm going to make this decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done the research and, you know, s- saw what happens to these these animals. We're basically like the devils to them. They're yeah, yeah. They are literally in hell from the time they're born to the time it's they're insane. killed. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, not nice, yeah. you know. What it's, about, what about um, eggs? What about... Um, like for example, when uh, chicken lay lays eggs and there's no rooster, well, so yeah. they not they get not fertilized and it's just an egg. It's just a a source of uh, protein or yeah, whatever I mean, that is. Again, like the egg industry, people think that, but like the male chickens, like they get like killed. Like if they're they're not yeah. productive, so they basically get suffocated. You see, I see the farm. I was yeah. raised on a farm. I know, yeah. like we love those chicken. They like but, you have a chat was with you them. On a factory farm. Sorry, was you on a factory farm? Have I been on a factory farm? Yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. But was you like, was that your, like, I don't know why I just imagine. Oh, no, no, it's a tiny like little a farm, like, yeah, when it's so just it's, literally, yeah. like, house we have in a backyard. We have, like, yeah, uh, a traditional farm. Yeah, traditional. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have, like, five, uh, five, ten chicken, one roost, idiot yeah, rooster. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, you know, <laughs> just, just like, cool. I love, as a kid, I, that's the thing, like, and, and obviously, I, I, I suppose you can agree with this. Uh, when you have kids and, and I'm guessing you take your kids to like zoos and stuff like or that's yeah, it's, it's a tough one yeah, like where do you one, get yeah. like a real nice because it's so lovely to have that relationship with animals I remember I would as a kid I would talk with chicken I would teach them how to fly and <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. Um, I would go and talk to the cow and it's just like it's such a calming energy from the yeah, cow yeah, yeah. and like pig, piglets are they're so cute when they're little and yeah. like even when they're bigger it's just like just this there is this thing what especially kids who grow up in a city they they lack this this con- connection yeah yeah because sure. animals can teach you empathy 100%. animals can teach yeah. you like we used to have 15 goats yeah that for that barn used to be a goat barn and then it became my gym so yeah. we, we cleaned it it was my karate <laughs> gym yeah, it was hilarious but like goats are just perfect idea for kids like if you're gonna smack that goat he's gonna smack you back yeah and you can't go around to daddy mommy and, oh, but what did you do you you start it and and it teaches you that relationship that what is basics you yeah. done something to someone um they're going to do the same thing back to you you know i think that that is a beautiful part and and it was weird for me as a kid also to see that goat being slaughtered mm. but it was not presented as like we're doing an evil thing yeah. it's a part of the circle yeah. and you know uh-huh. Well, it's a, a farm. The farming, like oh, they're trying to, obviously, the government trying to get rid of uh, all the farmers and stuff because it is. If you have a farm, you're independent, mm. you know. So there's that that eco relationship, uh, you know, which I I, I understand and I respect, you know. Um, like 
fishing and things like that i'm like ah, oh, i would like i've never really went fishing but yeah. i can see the allure of it and you know the the time spent and the chill i grew up with it it was so yeah like, so I can, cool. you know i can i can understand it and because mm. i've come from a meat eating background up until like what 20 probably 22 23 mm. so i understand it's not like i yeah, know, yeah i used yeah. to enjoy steaks and all that kind of stuff so i totally understand it but um it's just what how far you want to take it really you know because i think other thing what is a bit confusing is like if there would be done proper proper kind of uh um tests and researches and what i'm thinking about is to take almost like let's say if you and me would be similar body uh, body build uh similar athletic background and we do the same things and me and you you eat this type of food for five years mm. i eat this type of food for five years and then we switch around again me i eat, eating and just to compare the data and to actually have a proper data of like what is what does it do with our bodies what does it do with my physical performance what does it do with all these things because mm. even i like i yeah i go eat steak just because it takes kind of like yeah i feel like it tastes good and i need energy when i was a kid i would work in the farm like literally we would take like a strips of meat like the to, to jerky thing where yeah. you can buy in a whatever but like we, we made it our own and you just feel like the energy is coming in your mm. body if you would put me a ball, a ball of salad i would be like mm, yeah it's kind of yeah it's a different alternative like, yeah, like, yeah i mean you can't be like oh I, I think the main misconception is like uh like you said like oh you you'll eat meat and then i'm eating salad but like no, no, i'm no, still no. like getting full through different things you know it's been it's, it's yeah, so many yeah. other things yeah, yeah yeah you gotta do the research so like as you know what's gonna fill you up yeah, yeah. you know i can eat like a you know i can put it away basically um but yeah i still need to eat and feel full and satisfied you know mm -hmm. all those kind of things uh the same as a meat eater you know but mm. i'm just shoving super high nutrient uh food in my stomach mm rather than a dead carcass. No, because I, 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 no, I was uh, vegan for about two years. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know if I felt so much difference, but I was I was like shitty vegan. I would throw a fish there in once in yeah. a while, but not like, you know, like one yeah. here and there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think like probably I, I would say to people, obviously they're always curious and uh, ask me questions. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, I'd like to do this. But I said, Maybe just do like once a week. Yeah. Once yeah. a week, you know, you don't have to eat meat every single meal. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Things yeah. like that. So definitely. Again, it's just a habit. Because those who do eat, and also the um, the other thing, what you said about like when you become vegan, like your health just improves so much better. But also, there's so many gaps in those researches. Is that someone who used to eat meat also used to smoke, also used to do all these other horrible habits like yeah. drinking pops, whatever. And then they, when they cut meat, they all of a sudden stop doing all all that, mm -hmm. and now they're vegans. And they're like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah, because you were doing all that other yeah. crap. And also, where did your meat came from? How did you eat it? Like. I a shitty McDonald's with the buns or you ate like uh, a free range whatever like a steak yeah. properly cooked and everything so a, a lot of the like people are like oh I need to so, like I couldn't hack it or whatever it, obviously there's always going to be like a withdrawal symptom mm. you know what I mean and the time where you just cut something out to adapting and researching and getting like everything that you got from that to that point mm -hmm. so people are like, oh, i felt weak well maybe because you wasn't eating what you yeah, needed to yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know all that kind of stuff so a lot of people sort of just 
put it on the back burner and be like, oh yeah, it didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah no patience. Yeah. Yeah. When I, in Bali, uh, I did detox for 15 days mm -hmm. and uh, my detox was mainly, I would just drink juices, uh, just smoothies and all that stuff. And I, yeah, I feel freaking amazing. Yeah. And the guy said like, uh, um, especially a lot of like these seaweeds and algae stuff yeah. they're like very high in certain type of this and he's like you need to eat this kind of stuff it's going to be so much better for you than instead of shoving meat and dead mm, carcasses yeah. as you say and um, I was like but that's, that algae tastes like shit yeah. and that, that's <laughs> the like, other thing I've got to say yeah. like, there's a lot of crappy vegan food out there but there is some crazy yeah delicious yeah. vegan food out there you just gotta like find the good places or just do some bloody research and learn how to cook it yourself yeah. did you see that video where Piers was going mad on this lady about um, so she's this vegan advocate and yeah. uh, he said but but what about bees you're killing all the bees because bees need to fly to your avocado yeah. farms and they need to get there you're killing so many bees the problem <laughs> uh, it's really annoying like the main uh, nuisance to the opposing uh, argument is that Oh, but then this, but then this, but then it's like, yeah, it's yeah, it's just nitpicking, really. No, I totally agree of uh, that. Uh, the way the farming is now, it's 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 incredible. It's yeah. just horrible, you know. I will it's, say, um, going back to the egg thing, um, if I had my own chickens, mm -hmm. I might not be opposed to having their eggs. There you go. Like, no one's getting harmed. There you go. Uh, and if there isn't a rooster, yeah. then you know. So yeah. there's there you go. There you go. We got the common yeah, ground right yeah. there, right there. I like that. Nice. Yep. That, that's that's um, that's a good argument. And like um, eggs, I think again, chicken are so much fun as long as they um, uh, don't see mouse because then they're gonna go crazy. They, they look like yeah, little dinosaurs. See everything. Yeah. People don't realize. Yeah, do they're they? evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're evil. Okay, that's it. Let, that we're done with talking about vegans and veganism. I specifically said to Errol, bring something different to wear, but he's like. I wear different costumes every day on the set. Like, I'm just going to be this. But yeah, here you go. The spaceman is back in the house. I like it. Looks good. I know. It's the colors, man. This is, this is what's up. This is how it goes. Um, I have this uh, new thingy. Uh, so when I speak, it sounds like this. And then when you speak... Sounds like this. <laughs> the laugh is the best. <laughs> So, uh, what is your favorite vegetable? <laughs> Go on. What's your favorite vegetable? <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> you have to say, I'm Groot. Very original. <laughs> um, how do you like? Do you like sweet potatoes? Uh, yeah, I do. But uh, sweet potatoes was actually man-made. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, just yeah. like dogs. They used to be wolves. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a different way to call sweet potato. It could be sweet potato and a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will switch this up just before I do that. Um, say that you're not my father. 
you are not my father. No, you should say, I'm not your father. <laughs> I'm not your father. <laughs> anyway, back. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine doing the whole podcast like yeah. that oh you're gonna get used to it eventually um okay so this is the last third segment which is kind of a fun segment i guess um so i did ask you about um books uh films and people three of each um so let's start with the books and we had you said bruce lee fighting spirit um i the only thing what i read from uh, bruce lee's and unfortunately this time i wasn't able to read this one was bruce lee's biography which yeah, i found very good very interesting yeah, it's like and amazing. one fact which i didn't know about him uh that even before he got into martial arts he was just very very rebe rebellious just like i'm not gonna go with everyone i'm not gonna be the sheep yeah. i'm gonna do what uh i want to do kind of thing yeah, he's uh, obviously for many of us um, a huge inspiration. Mm. Um, growing up, my room was basically a Bruce Lee, you know, yeah. everything like it was just like everything. Posters on the walls. Mm -mm -mm. It was a Bruce Lee gift shop, basically. Mm. Nunchucks everywhere, you know. Because you mentioned like I uh, uh, was listening to some of the stuff before that Van Damme was kind of uh, the blood sport or the yeah, kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so would you say Bruce Lee was still higher than uh, Van Damme? Yeah, like equally, like you go through different phases. Mm. Um, when, when you love someone, you love someone. And yeah, you yeah. always that it becomes a part of you, you know. Uh, so obviously I learned to use nunchucks and sort of got into kung fu because of Bruce Lee. Mm -mm -mm. Massive inspiration that way. Um you know, and obviously, like reading his books and understanding his philosophies uh, a little bit more, um, and then sort of again like, as films developed, like you know, obviously, like Bruce Lee's films weren't great, but um, mm. you know, Van Damme again, uh, his style and everything is kick-ass time, man. To be growing up in there, you know, the '80s films was just next level inspiration yeah. you know which... and also it was so different that we could not just reach for this little device and look at like million yeah, videos exactly, or whatever yeah. we were watching vhs tapes yeah that's what or, i was learning the yeah stuff from, or so. or like in my case we didn't even have a vhs player we were just like if i would see that on tv that one time yeah and then you can't rewind and watch it again yeah. you're like oh my god yeah so different um and so why this specifically this book uh fighting spirit uh, so it was, it's basically a book about, um, again, like his philosophies mm -hmm. and sort of like what he, um, like how he understood things to be like the human body and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's just like a more in-depth, um, uh, look into like his life. Um, yeah. And for me, I was like, oh, this is, you know, um, I don't know, like I wasn't always a big reader. So like to... Be to be reading information mm -mm. you know and it's like a lot more personal than like watching it on tv or listening to it or you know yeah because so re reading like, is yeah. it just it, it's all like one of the reasons why i'm doing this segment i just love that you read that book and i read that book but we can see and notice totally different things yeah of course yeah and it, like the the images in your head are always you know gonna be different so yeah definitely yeah. i've read like most of his books to be honest um his biography was like really mm -hmm. good as well uh, that was written by his sister, wasn't it, Shannon? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, she did the whole research and yeah. she was like talking about how she would find certain things was quite odd about like how certain like producers or whatever like uh, treated him and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah third that person. hardship and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So 
it's nice again just to understand that character mm, that mm, you mm. know you you held so dear and like, mm. that was your that was your teacher right so mm. yeah you've done a lot for me and then Jean-Claude obviously just the panage of the way his films are and like the mm. you know obviously like the splits and stuff we both you know, yeah, yeah, yeah okay we'll talk about Jean-Claude yeah. a little bit later um so about Bruce Lee um so since we're talking about his book uh, the the him as well so so the movie wise when he was with um um with texas ranger come on um chuck norris, chuck norris yeah. yeah what did you because like a lot of people say like that scene was like oh they enjoyed it, it was like to me I, even when i was a kid because i think i saw around the same time i would see van damme stuff and i would see this one yeah. and i was like this looks so like rigid uh very like the the um um the 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 face yeah different styles of, yeah it? it's so just like, like different diff- era yeah, yeah yeah you know so um yeah you can't really uh because chuck norris can, hairstyle i was just like what the hell is that he's in the hairy chest like, <laughs> never grow a hairy chest <laughs> and he was just like so <laughs> intense and so like uh yeah yeah i mean like just different in it there, yeah it was a uh, like bruce lee brought kung fu to the west basically mm. so for all that there is now that was like the beginning stages he got the ball rolling um, mm-hmm. you know so and then jit kondo obviously like his martial art did you try to find like schools where it would teach uh, that yeah i did um there was uh, quite a few wing chun schools around but mm. man i wanted to like don't get me wrong wing chun is great but i need to kick things and mm. you know so northern shaolin system for me like doing the research i was just like whoa this is like from crazy like eagle stances yeah, yeah, yeah. to like flying in the air so like the whole spectrum flexibility power strength all that kind of yeah. stuff speed i was like yeah that's just what but wait I'm a minute bruce, bruce lee's martial art was jeet kune do uh no that was jeet kune do is the style he he developed but he learned uh wing chun wing chun yeah, yeah. right no 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 but the, the so wait sorry so he developed jeet kune do yeah Yeah, and then he it was like him developing it, like he's it was his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm asking, why oh, um, wouldn't you be pursuing that? Yeah, there wasn't like I there was not. Yeah, and to be honest, um, through like even when I started um, Chin Wu, uh, I was still researching and mm, mm, doing mm, stuff. Mm. But like Master Lee was such a good teacher, he's still a great teacher. Mm. Like my flexibility, uh, my conditioning, my work ethics. Uh, what I he pushed me beyond beyond Can't nice. always there was you no like, yeah so um forever grateful for that 100%. Yeah. so yeah if you want like some real hardcore kung fu Mm-mm-mm. go uh, seek out Master Lee uh, yeah. I think his gym he's got a new gym now in um uh, Hendon Central I think it is or West Hendon uh, and it used to be it's a, it used to be at old film studios oh really and the gym's called OMG Old Masters Gym. So I was nice. like, yeah, it's gangster. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old gym. Yeah. Uh, okay. So our next uh, book was The Way of the uh, Superior Man. And that's yeah. a book when uh, I did podcasts in Bali, I think almost every guest had chosen that as their favorite uh, yeah. favorite book. And I think this book should be read by all men right now, just to kind of understand what the hell is going on and how we've been pushed into almost like to believe that masculinity is something horrible or to, to believe that, um, you know, that the values are just like so different, but the, 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 this raw concept is still there. And one of my favorite bits from this book was about that everyone, including women, 
uh, but men they should have their thing this is this yeah, is yeah. where i'm like this is my core right mm. that, that's yeah, what yeah, they call yeah. it to uh, that i dedicate myself and any woman will appreciate it more if you have that your thing and even if you spend less time with her but it's quality time and you're present and all that and yeah. i really like these things what they were talking about so what strikes you from this um so for me it was uh i was going through like a little bit of a troubled time in my life mm. um and sometimes you just need like a diff different perspective of like you know like when you always think you're doing the right thing and you're sort of doing your best um but then you can't un understand the situation that you're in um so i th i can't even remember i think i might have read the back of the book mm. uh, in a bookstore and thought oh i need to read this at some point um and then yeah so it kind of just like reminds me and i was like let me uh, read this book done a bit of research like yeah let me get it mm. and then sort of just reading it makes you sort of understand that how other people might see uh you as a character and mm. what on what i like what i could do to or maybe soften uh certain uh thoughts you know mm -hmm. and how to come across mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so I mean, it's, we're always learning, like, you know, you should always be developing and stuff. But uh, reading that book uh, really helped me to, I suppose, uh, sort of mold my masculinity yeah, yeah, yeah. in a different light, you know, rather than yeah. like, obviously, we want to be strong and we want to be confident and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's other ways to to get that across. Yeah, and yeah. other people can appreciate it as well. So yeah, 100%. it really, really helped me in a few of my relationships. Mm. Mm. And that, that's again, the greatest thing is like, you're going to take something from it, which I wouldn't even think about it. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. everyone is going to, uh, it, it would uh, address us in a different way and uh, speak to us and the things that we notice. Um, yeah, definitely for me, I was like, I, I never read it, but I think I did uh, five times audio version. And so yeah, and what's very interesting about the book as well, that <coughs> basically the guy uh, who wrote it, I can't remember his name, I really should, should probably know. Um, but basically he wrote it, obviously he's a man, so he wrote it in his perspective as mm -hmm. a man, but it's not just for men. Yeah, so no, no, definitely. Yeah, so it's for, it's for women as well. So. Yeah. Uh, David Dada. David Dada. Yeah. Appreciate your work, sir. David Data, shout out, yeah. buddy. Um, no, that is that is great, and especially now nowadays. And I mean, like, finally, that it feels like the those rainbow, not rainbow glasses, but these foggy glasses are swept away, saying that oh, toxic masculinity is bad, or that's bad, or whatever. No, no, no. It's first of all, it's all about figuring out how it works in balance and how it works. Um, you know, there's it's not fully that is 100% bad and this is 100% good. There should be always some kind of a, um, a correspondency with each other. So, yeah, 100%. And um, it's, it's, it's great that these kind of books exist and a lot of men find, uh, you know, it's almost like a, a savior. Like, you see, actually, what I do is not that bad, but maybe I could change something around it and, and be who I am. That's good stuff. Um, and then the third book is the the Lord of the Rings the Lord trilogy. Lord of the Rings oh trilogy. My yeah, God. you're one of them. I was listen. I'm not a big reader, but mm. um, my brother brought it um, brought it home. I think I, I think I read uh, Hobbit first. Mm. And I was like a lot smaller, but I was like, oh, this is a cool little book. Like, oh, yeah, you know? and it was like really enjoyable. Um, and then I thought, like, let me start on uh, Lord of the Rings, and yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah 
fuck, maybe I should get into it. I never, yeah, never I, think I would enjoy it now, I think, more. But I, like I said, I was never a big reader, I didn't really enjoy reading and stuff like that. So it was like a, a chore to sort of mm. like, all right, I'll just read a chapter a day. Or... How are you do, doing with audiobooks? It must make way do you know what? better. I need to, um, I haven't really got into audiobooks, mm -hmm. um, but I really need to. Uh, but yeah, for me, I just sort of if I'm on a long journey, I'll just do like a podcast. podcast or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I do really need to get more into um, audio books, but I just find there's like, like reading. Uh, it's sort of like, it's the opposite of like looking at your phone. It sort of like undoes that mm, damage mm, mm, from mm, looking mm. at your phone. So I do try to, um, to sort of like read more, but unfortunately a lot of the times I, I life gets, yeah, yeah, gets yeah. you uh, busy. Right. So, um, yeah, I need to like definitely get into some audiobooks. And hopefully that's one of the biggest problems with audiobooks is the uh, monotonous reading. So there's some readers, uh, narrators, they're pretty good, uh, kind of engaging, but a lot of them are just like, it's so boring. Okay, you know, really, that's yeah. why podcast is more uh, easier to listen and it's more captivating because it's yeah, conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are some books out there who are like, uh, one of them is... Um, it's about something shaman, uh, uh, spirit hacking. That's the one. Yeah, spirit hacking. So if you have a moment, find it in an um, audio version and check it out. It's like, okay, it's cool. literally, he talks about like how these, uh, the, the, he knew from beginning when he was a kid, like there's something different. Like literally the story is about how these shamans actually can hear like the these voices and all that stuff. It's insane. Yeah. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Anyways, okay, so those are books, and now let's just dive straight into movies and films. Do it. And your first one, Conan the Barbarian, really? Such <laughs> a good film. I actually listened, like, uh, like as, it definitely wasn't one of my first films I've watched, but it was one of the first films that just captivated me so hard. Like, yeah. the storytelling, like, I've watched it, like, so many times now, and every time I'm just like, this is so good. The music, the way it was shot, the action, everything is such a well-told story. Mm. And it's the adventure of it is just, uh, for me, it's just untouchable. So mm. when, when they made the new one, I was just like, oh, God. Really? Yeah, real. So like, when you saw the new one, like, what, what happened with the new one? Like, uh, yeah, it's just nothing. <laughs> I, I think the first, like, bit with the kid Conan, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. It just dropped off real quick. <laughs> As the thing is, like, I'm, I'm I've started watching it um, just yesterday because I realized I haven't seen it. What kind of barbarian? I know, oh I'm my god! So such a, good. This is, um, but I loved what um, what Arnie was saying about it when he says, "I need to do all my stunts by myself." Like, <laughs> nobody would. <laughs> We didn't get like because they couldn't get anyone as big as him, right? Yeah, so yeah. to do, so he had to do the horse riding. Like yeah. he would do the sword stuff. But then yesterday, as I was start watching, like him using the sword. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I want to say good things. <laughs> Listen, he. Yeah, uh, again, you you can't compare like can't, the, the exactly. old to what, what we are yeah. now. But like for those times, incredible. Mm -hmm. And again, like the percussion. Like it just draws you in. I think that's like what a lot of films like now is number one, the storytelling, yeah. character development and the music just is not the same anymore. Mm. It's like, you know. With that I agree. Yeah. Music music is so huge and, and Quentin Tarantino, he knew that from the very beginning. Yeah. Like his 
Pulp Fiction, like that. It's I think it's like seven, it's like fifty percent is music. Yeah, it's that, just like that's the yeah. feeling. Whatever the music is, is going to yeah. be the feeling, right? So soundtrack. Yeah, it was just like for Conan one Conan the, the Barbarian Conan the Destroyer. For me, I was like, right, that's yeah. Like, and Conan Destroyer, the uh, Arnie was starring yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I haven't seen either. Great, both of them, great films. If you haven't seen them, go watch them. Nice. And then we had the the Last Samurai. Okay, I can relate the it. Last I've watched Samurai, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like you know, touching. I think uh, out of all the samurai films of recent years, I think yeah. like that was like a nice. Uh, very authentic uh, appreciation for the the culture and stuff, yeah. and obviously at the end, like, it touched me as like you know you can really like feel how uh, the times changed and sort of like swept out, um, you know like almost like the whole culture I suppose like mm -hmm. you know, the, their way of life and things like that. It was I mean also you know Tom Cruise looks sexy as fuck in yeah, this one like yeah. he looks really good with that kind of longish <laughs> yeah, hair. Yeah. And um, I think it's it's so nice to see how someone who's representing Western culture and who thinks, oh, Western culture is the boss, blah, 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 yeah. comes in in this where, like, they just fight with sticks on, on daily basis and, like, they practice they, uh, they, they martial arts and, the, in general, just the art of living. And he, in the beginning, he's like, oh, what is this? But then accepting and then realizing, whoa, this is yeah. so cool. And, uh, again, like, another point to add, the music that, mm. you know, the music throughout the whole film is like incredible so um yeah that definitely helped but yeah again like the perspective of the west aren't the good guys kind of thing mm -mm. you know it's nice to see it from the other perspective with the music and everything is yeah. beautiful and i loved from the uh, side of um the captivators what what country was that represented by the way uh japan japan yeah. so from japanese side uh, the the guy who was like the the the, the boss of the the house of the village, uh, when uh, Tom Cruise's character was like, so why did you take me? Why did you keep me alive? And he's like, I need to learn from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a very Russian accent. <laughs> uh, I need to learn from you. And so I was like, yeah, that's cool. And and uh, yeah, sick movie. That's um that's a nice nice choice. Better than the first one. Um, and next <laughs> and the last one, Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, it, you know, again, it's one of those. It's just like uh, classic. Now we can say it's classic. It's, yeah, again, I think uh, a lot of people, like, not everyone loves it because, like, oh, it's a white woman or whatever. But I thought it was such good entertainment. Mm. So good. Like, the kung fu in it is incredible. Like, the characters. It was just, like, literally an amazing comic book just yeah. thrown onto the, the screen. And Kill Bill 1 and 2, I just love it, man. I yeah. love them both. I would have loved to have worked on those kind of films. Yeah, but, um, and, and just in the opening when this uh, woman who has been on the bed like for how long and then yeah. this guy who has been coming there and doing all this weird shit and then yeah, she just fucked like, him up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet revenge. That was awesome. Yeah. It is so good. I love that film, but these, these aren't like these are a handful of. Yeah, yeah, films, I knew that. It's I'm very it's, like an action guy. I like. You it's know, very tough. Stuff. It's very tough choice. Yeah, yeah. What about non-action film? Like, what would you say? Um. It's a greatest showman, most likely. Greatest showman, that was cool, yeah. Uh, Moulin, I, I like showman. Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Say that. Moulin Rouge. Name me some films. I'll... Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, like for, for me, probably it's like those, uh, like uh, Shawshank Redemption, something like that for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like yeah, a humongous yeah. or Killing Pride Ryan, yeah. Finding Pride Ryan. Yeah, Killing Pride <laughs> 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 um, And um, that kind of stuff, I guess, for me. 
It's funny, I ask these questions to people. Ex Machina but, was a good one as well. Like, I mean, there's hundreds. But, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of them. Of my head, yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah. I've not, <laughs> never seen it. Never seen it. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life. <laughs> okay, and we go to people, three people. Russell Brand. Yes, Russell Brand. I was like, wow, that's a G. That's, uh, a, a G. I think in the, the times that we're living in, the work that he's doing mm. is so important. Mm. I think he's uh, at the heart of... Uh, I think like any like veganism, spiritualism, uh, almost every single topic that is like a big thing. Uh, if just listen to his what, what the man's saying, yeah, you know, and yeah. the people's talking about, and it's just like if you know, it's just black and white, very uh, simply yeah. facts, you know, simply put, yeah. and it's no like, it's just uh, clarity, mm, you know mm. what I mean, and he's so articulated. Uh, obviously he's been through the whole uh experience yeah. you know and he's just come out as a real genuine um person of knowledge and he's fighting the demonic entities that we're all fighting now yeah the media the government you know all that kind of stuff and he's yeah he's just a very good uh, uh public figure to to look into if you're if you just feel confused about anything pretty much you know and the way he does it is obviously he's entertaining and you know very yeah um, and the sheer variety variety of his talents is insane yeah acting stand-up yeah. no this podcast is just insane yeah his podcast is and yeah good. when you said articulated i can just not i couldn't agree more like the way he yeah. speaks like who yeah. are you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could easily be a smashing politician or yeah, whatever yeah like his debates are like next level is like so entertaining because mm. he just goes in and you know, it's just super clear, mm. very chilled. And I love how he also is so open about his days of drug addiction and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So many people can relate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like him, like, uh, have him and Joe Rogan done a podcast? Yeah, they yeah, have, I right? think yeah. a couple of times. Yeah? I don't, yeah, I don't think it's just one time. They've definitely done a couple yeah, of times. Mean, yeah, check it out. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, I like and, Joe Rogan, but... Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I, get, I get it. I mean, like, Joe Rogan, in my opinion, there's... Um, He's the pioneer who brought this thing up. Like he actually, yeah. I forgot the name, but there's this other guy who actually started podcast, mm -hmm. and Joe Rogan was influenced by him yeah, yeah, from right, him, yeah. seeing like that that oh oh that's a thing. Let's I will do it as well. Mm -hmm. And then his thing, like I th one of the best things about Joe Rogan is he's just like I never cared about the the viewership, the audience. I just want to hang out with my mates, yeah, and like get these conversations out. And the thing is. You see, again, like we know each other for like what nine, ten years. Yeah. When we ever had that kind of conversation, true. You well, know what I mean? We've had some conversations, yeah, some good you ones. Know, yeah. True, but like almost three hours, and we talk about specific topics, yeah, and it's, there's sure, nothing yeah. else, you know, interrupts us and stuff. So I think that's a beauty of it just kind of uh, saying that this is the way how you know is the best to get the information out, and yeah, uh, sure. and uh, Russell Brand picked it up and he's like oh i will do it and yeah. that's because of joe rogan stuff and and it's great i love it um the whole whole concept uh would you have what is your favorite film with him uh russell brand uh i don't know i think the last one i saw him was get get him to the greek yeah yeah, yeah i was just yeah, want yeah. to say it was, <laughs> yeah it was good yeah uh i can't say he's like one of my favorite actors or anything like that but yeah, yeah he was entertaining for sure what actor you would say you had like uh, the best banter um, um, hanging out with? Probably Henry Cavill. Henry oh, nice. Cavill, yeah, he's pretty cool. Like really lovely guy. 
down to earth like yeah. worked with him as yeah, well yeah. so I've, I've done um, a few things with him now I think I first met him on Mission Impossible mm, mm. just ended up chatting yeah 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 Load, loaded his guns <laughs> loaded right? his guns yeah. Um, yeah he's like just a super nice guy yeah know, like down to earth he's cool wants to work hard wants to do the training and he's not like an asshole basically yeah, 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 yeah. never like he's not a diva oh, need, since you since you brought this up I need to tell a story about Henry uh, so last year when we did the, uh, the the Witcher, we were in the woods shooting it. Like we were playing these um, uh, soldiers who just basically get killed by him, yeah. obviously. Um, and then there was a little break and uh, no one was around. It was just him getting his prepped meals because he had like this meal guy who yeah. brings him meals every like, what's, uh, every t- whatever we'll time. Prep, yeah. And then he would just sit there and eat that meal. And he hears from... In the back, someone's rustling, the noise. He looks back, and there's this makeup lady. She's just pulling her little cart with all this makeup stuff. Yeah. And he just got up straight and went, like, oh, here you go, here you go. Like, she could easily walk around him. Yeah. And he chose to just come, like, you know, lift his stuff. And he's already eating out of, like, this plastic, you know, box, not like some s- silver spoons and, yeah, yeah. you know. And then he just... And, and I was one of the only ones who was sitting in the bush secretly. Um, and I just saw it. So you can see like, he's not trying to impress anyone. He's just being genuine. He's, yeah. being, not, he's being nice. And the other bit, what I really loved with him, we had the scene where we're like um, in this library, remember the library scene? Yeah. And he would get up and say, look at the window and he would say like, um, I'm tired of this politics. And then he sees like something in a far, like there's a fog or whatever yeah. stuff. And then, a couple of days later when we were dead soldiers just lying down in uncomfortable costumes and I look at another stunty there and, and I'm just like, oh, I'm tired of this politics. <laughs> <laughs> and then then someone started laughing in the back and I look up and it's Henry. <laughs> so yeah, good cool. sense of humor. Just, just a really cool dude. Yeah. Uh, started with Russell Brand and now we're talking about Henry Cavill. Um, Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock, yes. Uh, again, another... Um in influential figure uh through like history and things mm. like that you know like he's obviously um uh way um out there in terms of like he's you know our history and things like yeah. that so he's like really pushing for like um what what we were basically our history as human yeah, yeah, beings yeah. and uh he's had to f- fight off like loads of uh other researchers and uh, egypt Archaeologists, mm. um, archaeologists. So his whole career, he's always been like fighting these uh, these people for like, be like, no, this is this, this is that. And again, like his podcasts and his books, uh, and just him as a person is like really, really cool guy. Yeah. Did you um, hear that teen, uh, podcast what they did with Joe Rogan? Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. had a skeptic, this one skeptic, and then there's a, another geologist. And this is an old podcast. This is like uh, Joe Rogan just did his 2004th. Yeah. This is like 300 something. And that conversation, like I was driving because I had like my last job was like I had to drive like an hour and a half. And I was listening to that. They were chewing him from left and right. And yeah. he was like, yeah, like, has, yeah, just fighting them back yeah, and forth. Like, yeah. And yeah. Like, like the way he, um, the way he like talks was they tried to shit on him like mm, so many mm, times. Mm. And, like, it was racist and all this kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know? So for them to do that to him and for him to come out on top and mm. keep pushing the, these concepts, you know, which is like, it's factual, like, for yeah. God's sake, like, you know, they're, they're literally like, holding back the human race in terms of like where we came from and stuff. And yeah. obviously our history has been like hidden from us constantly. 
so yeah if we don't know where we come from we don't really know who we are right so it's a big uh, mystery still one of the biggest battle was basically saying that the mainstream uh, uh mainstream science scientists or like the historians are basically just so against any like alternative ideas yeah. and he's representing these alternative ideas and they basically like the main kind of one of the main arguments is like why they're not accepting that it's like who the hell are you like yeah. where did you come this from like yeah. la, 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 la. and then they tried to compare him with like saying like the skeptic he was basically saying but but we every day we have someone coming with these ideas these crazy ideas like what do you think we're just going to take them and then graham was like um yeah but look look at what i'm giving you what what is the yeah. backbone of what i'm offering to you and stuff and it's just like yeah this going back and forth with it's basically someone with a uh new ideas coming across um uh, just the old dogma old yeah. kind I mean, of it's not just ideas though it's his findings like uh quebecly temple yeah like so it's like okay so we know now that humans were around at this time and so but obviously it goes against uh mm. what we have in the history books yeah, so yeah the mainstream no, no, yeah. history yeah. so it's kind of like why would they reject that that's very I mean? interesting but i suppose it gets into uh religion as well so if the bible says this but then it's like well actually mm. humans yeah so it's very very political obviously our history and that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. uh genre but um he's a g man the guy's like what he's is he in his 70s now? Not sure. No, what's, what's his yeah, age? But he's just like still killing it. Um, he used to smoke a lot of weed as well, mm -hmm. which is like cool. Like he's done like ayahuasca, very, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. these spiritual ceremonies. So Psychedelics you know, yeah. and stuff. What is your, what is your stance uh, towards psychedelics? Uh, I am all for it. Okay. I think uh, if it's used in a... Um, environment that's safe yeah and you i do think you need a guide obviously like to expand your mind massively uh i've done ayahuasca myself nice which was a amazing life-changing experience for myself yeah. how long ago was to, this this is like maybe maybe 10 years ago maybe wow so i need to do it again I so really, a while ago but um i was already like very spiritual obviously like following the buddhist philosophies i studied in the mountains for a year um I, you, know, wait, wait, wait. you studied in the mountain <clears throat> yeah when i went to china for a year oh right, and right. Done a, just basically stayed in this like this shaolin school that was like had no tv and all that kind of stuff so and your um, reasoning behind was that you want to become levitating G or what was Basically, of course, yeah. Unlock my full potential. Um, yeah. But I think spiritually, um, it's always I've always felt like there's uh, something calling, mm. you know, that is like more than just nine to five kind yeah. of rubbish, you know, like, oh, like martial arts is such a spiritual journey. Mm. Um, so in, in like a lot of people just practice the physical side of it. But uh, the spiritual side is, you know, obviously it's, it's very, very powerful. So like uh, like smoking weed, everyone thinks, oh, you smoke weed, you're lazy or this mm -hmm. or that. But for meditation, uh, for focus, mm -hmm. it is incredible uh, if you use it as a tool uh, rather than just abusing it, you know, and obviously quality and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the same with ayahuasca is like, uh, you 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 would never just do it just to oh let's have fun kind of thing. It's like a whole ceremony behind yeah, it, intention behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What was the? Can you? Because I never done ayahuasca. I've done mushrooms yeah. in Bali four times now, and uh, from very first time I was very lucky because the the people who were 
uh, kind of I was involved with, uh, they said like, yes, Renard, you need intention. I was like, what do you mean? I just want to get high. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. If you want to just say the high, this is not, not how we do. They're not yeah. party drugs. This is not what, what I mean? it is. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, and it was just an incredible, incredible, crazy experience. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's just the, the journey, and that when he, when someone says trip people say oh you're tripping bro yeah. but no 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 it's actual a trip yeah. it's like four or five hours experience of seeing things what you never would notice yeah. and stuff and and that's why like it just resonates to, to to so much to what joe rogan is talking about like like you know there's these whole theories that w humans are actually monkeys who are just uh, eating mushrooms yeah. and stuff and they're expanding their minds and all that yeah. stuff um, so yeah, tell me about the ayahuasca. How was uh, it? Well, it's very personal, but um, basically, yeah, it's just like um, it will give you whatever messages that you need. So mm -hmm. you might be like, oh yeah, I want this or that. Um, but obviously, being very uh, food conscious and stuff, so going into it, I was like already meditate. Um, you know, uh, respecting the ceremony yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I was already like very spiritual going into it so when i when i did take it it was just like like everything that i needed to see things that like uh perspective of like how i've been living my life mm -hmm. like emo all different kinds of emotions come out uh you kind of have like uh you can have like a spirit guide as well you, you can meet uh entities mm -hmm. uh it's a, it's a whole like new world you know what i mean uh and for me it was just like um a lot of what I thought in terms of like the human being, like the core of the human being essence is like mm -hmm. kind of just uh, uh, solidified it for me and confirmed it, you know what I mean? And in a very like uh, loving way. And it was by, like it was so overpowering. Mm. It was an incredible experience. And coming out of the whole thing, I was just like, whoa, life whoa. is uh, uh, amazing, you know? Yeah, and prior prior that, would you like you would try to have smoke weed? You tried uh, that. Yeah, like I've never been like, oh, I got to smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, like I'm like through my kung fu, like my the bulk of my kung fu journey, um, from different times, I would like smoke weed, like maybe once a week mm -hmm. on a Friday mm -hmm. or something, um, and I would always like end up just doing like practice, like I'd go into like a trance yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. You know, stretching or uh, doing weapons or whatever it was, I'll just be like in the trance with yeah. that, you know, and uh, really like focus on it. And it was just be like every time I'll just next day feel amazing. I've learned so much, mm -mm. you know. And uh, you don't, you never drank alcohol. Uh, I drank alcohol until I was, I think, twenty one. Right. I was never like a big drinker. Yeah, but I had plenty of, of like fun, drunken nights. So I mm. completely understand like the law of alcohol. But ultimately, I was like, if I want to be as good as I want to be and reach certain spiritual heights and right, things right, like right. that, I was like, alcohol's really the worst drug there is. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it and it's everywhere, and it's you can buy poison. everywhere. Yeah, it's such it's... a poison on the body, the mind. Yeah, because also even like when I say smoking weed, it's just um, it does have that negative connotation. Like, it does, oh, smoking but that's weed, smoking weed. But in this, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, even though I would just say edibles, edibles, yeah, so yeah. much just sounds so does, much yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. I took uh, gummy bears as an edibles. Yeah. I'm like, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I just went to Prague in um, in Czech Republic, and they have, uh, by the way, they have weed is legal. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, they have amazing shops. You can get the vapes. You can get all those those yeah. things 
And I bought the bag of edibles and I would have like two of them. And my day was just like, just a little bit of buzz, a little bit of like, you know, like micro microdosing. Yeah, yeah. And that leads to my other other question. So microdosing, have you considered? Have you ever done uh, it? I want to get like, because like I said, I'm taking Lion's Mane now. Lion's, what is it? Lion's Mane. Uh, oh, yeah, you mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, so it's like all this new research. It was uh, one of the Joe Rog uh, Rogan podcasts with, um, I can't remember the guy's name, mm -hmm. but he's like a professor in like mushrooms and stuff. Yeah. Um, was that the guy who was wearing the hat yeah, yeah, out of yeah, mushrooms? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I always forget his name. I was just like, oh my god, that guy's why awesome. Why the hell am I not doing mushrooms of like all, not even the psychedelic ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, civil something, cyber. Psilocybin, uh, yeah, yeah, psilocybin one, ones, yeah. yeah. Civil cyber, yeah. I like them better. <laughs> you get so much more civil. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so yeah, just I'm just like, whoa, I got to start taking lines, man, and just you know, just start experimenting with um, these mushrooms to heal my brain. To like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just typed Joe, uh, mushroom and Joe Rogan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Stamets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Paul, guy. that's the one, the mushroom guy. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I want to. And then I've got loads of friends that are microdosing. So I'm like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Eventually, maybe I would like to try it. I, def sure. I, I definitely want to get in. I yeah. just need to figure out how this works. And it's yeah. crazy. One of these things like, you know, um, like how it is it legal? Is it not legal? Is it like what? The, there's that old connotation mm -hmm. to it. Anyways, um, but here talking about Paul Stamets, um, one of the things I would really like that he actually uh, really st struggled with sta uh, stam uh, stutter. Stutter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> st st yeah, that's me now. Uh, yeah. Like I want to say speech impediment, but yeah, it's a yeah. stutter. And uh, yeah, after doing the uh, the psilocybin or doing the other mushroom stuff, um, he basically got rid of it, and yeah. then he has uh, start saying to other people, and and um, yeah, it's just it's. It mesmerizes me how much, as you used, I love that expression, by design, we are conditioned. Alcohol is good, which is the most horrible thing out there. You the can buy one on every corner. Any, like, yeah. Cigarettes, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, what's, you know, it's not that good for you, but, you know, I mean, right now yeah, we're yeah. Getting, getting more straight about it. This, this yeah. is fucking you up, right? But like 10 years ago, yeah, yeah it calms your nerves down. Yeah, yeah, yeah you should yeah. have some cigarettes. And then these kind of things, things got like, thanks Demonized. to all these activists, you know, the mushroom and the uh, psychedelics have finally started making their way and America is like already getting better yeah, and better yeah. and like weed and stuff. If we would like, if my dad would be still alive, because he, he was alcoholic and he oh, passed away. That, um, if he would smoke weed, man, I mean, it would be just like, yeah, what's up, bro? Instead, like alcohol just just turns your mind upside down. You just go all this so crazy. Damaging. Just just so. There's so a new strange. study that like what it does to your brain now as well. Like obviously it, it destroys you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's like a new study. I haven't uh like listened to the podcast of it. I can't remember where I heard about it. But basically, like what it does to your brain is just like it should scare anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did. Let alone what it does to your body. I did listen um a documentary in Russian. Uh, a while ago and they basically were saying not even small dosages of alcohol can be damaging and especially for women because this ethanol spirit finds a way to eggs and actually messes up the egg yeah. and um, and kids can uh, uh, be uh, born with deformities and all that stuff and here's an interesting fact a very sad fact during the Soviet Union days when they felt like the Soviet Union is about to collapse and all that they were drinking down their uh, population basically just getting those all this alcohol promoting and uh, advertising on movies and like oh it's cool to drink and whatever 
to the point where there were so many alcoholic families that their kids were born with um, cer certain deformities. It's almost like um, Down syndrome, like their foreheads were like bigger and all that. And they had all, all over South Union, they had about, I don't know the number, like 40, 50 special schools for the kids yeah, with these sorry. deformities. It's like... It's insane. And knowing all of this, we still go, here's yeah. the shop, buy a beer, whatever. It's it's insane. It's like, you know, hopefully, and I mean, we're getting to that direction and hopefully our kids, you know, they can just do shrooms every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last person um, was your mom. Yeah, my mom. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and I love when guests are not, you know, that much saying like, oh, this celebrity, that celebrity, because, you know, I can say the same thing about my mom. Like, I was just very lucky. So... Yeah, I mean, she's just always been a like you know my best friend. Obviously, she had a, any mum is going to be you know loving and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's always like supported me. Um, you know, I didn't always do well in school. But I always just felt like school was holding me back. Yeah, um, and she's just always been there to support me and you know just make me feel. Uh, confident in my decisions you know mm -hmm. and sort of being like my advisor um in many many different subjects so did you have other siblings do you have uh, yeah siblings? i have a older brother younger sister mm. um so we're all like super close growing up and stuff so we've always had like a nice loving uh, environment again mm. thanks to my mom and dad um oh, but that was obviously he was a huge inspiration growing up as well um but my mom's just you know She's just always mm. uh, been there. I can talk anything I need to with her. So, yeah. Yeah. And Shaniz what? Ismail, shout out. Hey, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Shaniz. Woo, Shaniz. And she's, uh, what is her background? Where she's from? Uh, Cyprus. So from Cyprus. Yeah, yeah. Mum and dad both from uh, North Cyprus. Right. So they moved here um, and then had you guys? Uh, or They're second generation. I'm second generation. So the my grandparents moved here. Right, right, yeah, right. Moved to Hackney. What is what are your siblings doing? Uh, my brother is. I think he's changing jobs. He's studying uh, to be a psychologist at okay. the moment. So he's gone back to school for that. And then my sister's recently had um, her second baby boy, so she's a full time mummy. Right. Yeah. Nice. So big family. And how is your family um, reacting on you, like being this big stuntman? Oh, they love and it. Doing... They love it. <laughs> and I saw in this movie. Saw, yeah, oh, did you get like, killed oh, in this movie yeah. again? <laughs> yeah. That's no, what... like, when are you gonna? My nephew always messaged me. Oh, you got killed again. <laughs> <laughs> you were like two seconds on the screen. Yeah, you you never want to talk about work, but I kind of like. Just, obviously, my mom loves it. So nice. Yeah, it's nice to share things. I try to. Instead of them asking me, I, I'm like, oh my God, I was with uh, Henry Cavill or Tom yeah. Cruise today, and, you know, rather than them like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I saw you was with him. <laughs> so yeah, it's cute, isn't it? That is you awesome. take it for granted and, you know, like our industry is, is incredible, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, I, and I also think it's open to interpretation of what you want it to be for you, you know. Yeah, so, that's, that's yeah. I love that, the way you yeah. say that, I love it. And like when you mentioned about the school and, and uh, it's how crazy to even think about that school at any point is the, is the right way or this is how it should be. I mean, there's basically this, there's this created this box uh, or this certain square, whatever, and they try to put the pegs in and they try to put all sorts of shape and just to, with force yeah. to squeeze it through yeah. because this is the only thing we have. And, um, 
I was very lucky in school because I could just tuck my my way, my way through. I could just like yeah. always have a discussion. My my chemistry was so bad, but somehow I figured out that I will talk to certain uh, school fellows. I will get answer from one, then I will trade that answer to the other one, and they give me yeah. other answer. I literally was like, you know, in that perspective. I think school is great to figure out how to get your way around the community and people around you. I guess. Yeah, it's still like, for, you know, I'm not shitting on school, and I think I think it definitely has its place. Mm. But I think uh, it's so rigid in its form. Yeah. And again, unfortunately, the government how our syllabus is set up for a nine to five kind of. Yeah, you know, they're they're not looking for like thinkers; they're looking for workers. Yeah, and that's ultimately. and you never done nine to five job. Uh, no, I did, oh, well, not nine to five, but um, I always had like little jobs. I was always hustling. Like oh, okay. I worked in uh, probably the shittest one uh, was I worked in a key factory. In a key factory. Yeah. Oh my god, it was. Wait, wait, wait. Are you with the oh, in Matrix? What's the guy's name? <laughs> the, the key maker. The key maker. <laughs> <laughs> you are the key maker. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like I. I probably did that for like maybe three weeks i was like i can't do this anymore but i was always like hustling and trying to make money here and there uh worked in mns like i used to do uh, 6 a.m to 12 a.m shift mm -hmm. um so i did i didn't have, have to deal with any of the customers and nothing like that uh, and i was doing like the operations so like all the deliveries and things like that so that was quite cool uh, did that for like maybe two years. Worked in a, a factory, like literally a closed factory when I was like maybe like 11 or 12. Mm. And I used to do 10 hour days. But I used to get like 200 pounds at the end of end of the week for like, you know, a 12 year old. So I'd just smash that out through like summer and just doing 10 hours a day. <laughs> Why was it in your family said like you need to figure out your own way to make cash? No. No, like or my, you just you just wanted to do it. I was it. like, yeah, I just wanted to be like independent. Independent, and, yeah, uh, that's cool. It's just free, be able to do what I need to do. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was never like, I'm pretty good with money. I don't just like, yeah, spend stuff. I like, quite, you know, I've always had, like like to have a buffer, not to be under that sort of pressure. Right. And again, like society, the c consumerism. Mm -mm -mm. It, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just always had a different look on what I needed to be able to do what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So obviously there's a, we don't always want to go to the studios and, you know, it's, it, is a, it can be taxing working in the film industry for sure. But what it gives you in return, it's like mm -hmm. you've got to balance that out, you know, which is why I like what your your philosophy of just, you know, packing up, going to Bali for a couple of months. Hey. That's good, man. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. I just I just love variety, you know. This is this yeah, is about me. I yeah. mean, like stay, staying in Bali for uh, six months, I start missing, you know, this. Yeah. I start missing the uh, stunt industry and all that. Uh, but then when you go there, just after like you've been working your ass off and stuff, you're just like, yes, that's what's up. Yeah, just chilling yeah, yeah. on a surfboard and stuff. And I think <laughs> yeah. I think all we all, you know, I, I believe we in our DNA we are gatherers and travelers and um, what they call hunter Explorers, hunter gatherers yeah, yeah. who move around that who just the, don't um, sit in the same spot all the time because changing environments that's the only way you can develop and 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 open up your mind horizons yeah exactly 100%. exactly 100%. um so we're almost done but uh before that I, I like for me the most vivid memories of your performance was the mummy yeah oh yeah 
Yeah, the mummy <laughs> where you're on desert fighting uh, yeah, Lucy cool. Cork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just Shout working with Lucy. her. She was on the she was on the the, the, the film with Scott Atkins. Yeah. Um, I will put a little photo. Me and her were standing in a in the elevator, yeah. dressed up as a <laughs> as a uh, like servant. I don't know, like off, uh, people who work in a hotel. What do you call them? I was concierge, and so she's my sidekick, I guess. But um, yeah, dude, that was uh, six scenes. How, how long That's it took cool. you guys to film it on the, in that desert? Um, so we basically we done like rehearsals and stuff. Yeah, we came up with the choreography, changed a whole bunch of times. Mm. Uh, I think it was maybe like a week, mm. but we'd um, we shot it in Namibia. So again, like crazy location. Like yeah. the desert was absolutely beautiful, uh, and we would film first thing in the morning. And then sun sunset and sunrise. So mm. That was like the times to film. So we missed the crazy hot like part right, of the day, right, right. which was amazing. Um, but, but that was a goal. They wanted to show the sun that it's yeah, kind of yeah, going up that or going golden, down. Yeah, 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 the golden hour, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was crazy, man. That's like super surreal. We had a uh, wade eastward in the helicopter, like filming. <laughs> so like, okay, guys, yeah, it's good. Like, you know, Shout out to Wade Eastwood. Wade Eastwood. Yeah. Absolute G. Absolute um, legend. Yeah, and he would just be like in this helicopter, like flying above us. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because yeah. they had the top shots Yeah, and yeah, giving us directions and stuff. So um, cool. Uh, and then we filmed it, obviously, like, um, like handhelds and stuff like that. And yeah, it was just like an amazing experience. Yeah. And to do that, it was like... And that is something what... Where else are you going to do this? What other play, like... If, for, you would need to put your own money in. Here yeah, you are yeah. making cash in this really exotic in, uh, location mm. and just being, yeah. That's... That was the first time I met with Tom Cruise as well. Oh, really? So I, I basically I uh, got brought in. I had mm. to do like a little, you know, oh, what can you do with a stick kind of mm -hmm. thing, done a few tricks with it and all that. Uh, and then Wade brought me onto set and like we hadn't started shooting on nothing yet and then he was like oh uh, Tom this is Errol I was just like <laughs> pleasure to meet you and then yeah like the director was there Wade was there Tom Cruise and myself and I was just like this is pretty cool what was your first impression when you met Tom uh, he was like it was literally just us in the room so there was no one around yeah. I think Tom Cruise is an absolute legend he like he's been super cool every time I've met him mm. He knows what he wants. Uh, he knows how to get it done, like how to perform it. But uh, he's just very uh, particular about everything, like the lighting, the makeup, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, he's got uh, his ego, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, fair play to him, man. Like he's, mm. And he wants to do all the stunts. He's a genuine stunt action hero, you mm. know, like the best out there, really. We can't really fault him for that. Obviously, like, he has... His moments, like every actor, and obviously he's like massive Hollywood actor. Yeah. So he's gonna have his um, ego trips, but that's why Wade's there to, yeah. you know, simmer him down and get control, and or, you know, because he wants to. Sometimes he wants to do stuff that's like, whoa, you can't do that. Like uh, when we was out in Namibia, uh, there's a scene where he's like climbing the like down the mountains, mm -hmm. and he was getting a bit closer. And was like, well, you, you can't go behind this. That's it. There's no, you know. So you gotta have the enough uh authority in yourself to be like no that's mm -hmm. you know but he might be like no no I'm, he said no did you hear ever that uh he would say to wait no nah, man i know what i'm doing shut up 
Uh, I don't know if he'll get that far, but they definitely like knocked heads a little bit. Yeah. But Wade is like he knows how to handle him. Like, yeah, it's so been well. years, like how many yeah, years they've been exactly, working together. So. Wade Eastwood has uh, been stunt coordinator for uh, and working with uh, Tom Cruise for I don't know how many Mission Impossible's. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's Mission Impossible, Mommy. What yeah. what else has been in between? Um, did he do uh, uh, Jack Reacher? Jack Reacher. Yeah. Didn't he do the one with the robot? What was it called? Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot already. I actually watched it not long ago oh, no, when they're just dying again and yeah, yeah, dying yeah. and dying and dying. Yeah. That's such a cool. I love it's the concept. Lost my mind, but yeah, yeah. That. I love, I love that Tom Cruise every day. He just wakes up, fuck this shit again. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's so crazy. It's the, the concept of that movie, the Co Golfer's Day, or what is that like? When oh, this Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about? Groundhog Day. Yeah, and then uh, day, learn yeah. all these skills and stuff. Yeah. And so someone was like, "Oh fuck! I wish I would have that." What's what the name? What's the name? Oh, the the movie? No, it's not gonna come back. Yes. It's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, when I met Tom Cruise as well, it was like it was just so weird. He comes in a room, he knows everyone's names as well. Yeah, and then he just like we couldn't get this timing right because I was coming and attacked this um, this lady. Um, I forgot her name, um, and uh, we couldn't get the time because she has to turn around and slash me, and then Tom basically runs. I will give you this look and then that's your cue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he did it. We nice. got it straight away and, you know, caught and I'm, he comes up like I'm lying on the floor dead, just getting up. He's like, you see, when we're together, we can figure this shit out. Nice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> did he give you the spud? Uh, may, I'm not sure. I, I think I was just so mesmerized by yeah, it. I, was like, yes, bro. <laughs> I forgot everything was happening around. <laughs> Okay, dude, so the last thing I usually ask my guests is uh, give us a, um, a bomb of wisdom. A bomb of wisdom for oh. maybe young version of yourself, uh, um, any aspiring stunt performers or any who wants to pursue what they want to do. Uh, I would say believe in yourself and chase those dreams relentlessly. That is definitely... A, I feel like that's what I've done. Uh, I definitely uh, had my challenges through like just, um, you know, coming into the stunt world mm. more than anything. And now going in, into acting, I'm like, whatever, like as long as you're trying your best, mm. um, nothing can get you down really. If, you, if, if, it's, if you're not good enough, keep trying, you know, and just keep going for it because that is the best way to win. Uh, set yourself up for failure. You know what I mean? And don't feel any way about it if you do fail. Yeah. That's uh, the best advice I could give, even to myself. Sweet. You know? Sweet. And this is the end of this podcast. And thank you so much, man, for Thanks coming for over. Me, bro. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. That's what's up. Very cool song in the back. Yeah. Now we show the, the moves. <laughs> what was that thing that you did? Can you still do it? <laughs> That's what's up. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Bruno's podcast.